This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys, books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all your anime shopping needs. The runniness of the yolk, the tanginess of the ketchup, the feeling of the rice on my tongue, it's just Oh. <laughs> and they'll have kind of pornographic moments like they have with, like food gasms yeah i think it's but but it's not n- like n- now let me ask you a question real quick okay is it ob- are they really are, are they going for that oh yes so basically this is they're trying to be etchy you are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to episode 262 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Whatever you're doing, however you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. I am your host, Mitsugi, and I am joined by the usual crowd. The usuals. Hi, everyone. I am Chiaki, and I am so pleased to be here getting ready for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hello, everybody. I am Kazuo, and I look and feel like 15 flavors of crap. Which is one more Uh-oh. than I usually look and so, feel like. So, you do not, you do not look like thirteen you look, players. You look across. no different than usual. <laughs> Wait, what are you trying to say? So, so, so last week you were hungover, Ouch. and now this week you have, you feel and look like crap. Are you sick? Uh, no, no, just a comp- a combination of uh, various things. My hair looks like a mess. I can't walk right. At least I you have hair. Poster. I feel, I feel really weird. I'm wearing Patriot stuff. Mitsugi is wearing Patriot stuff. You're not wearing Patriot stuff. Here, since your hair's a mess, do you want my Patriot's headband? You know what? Um, on Twitter earlier today, I was talking to some people about wearing a tiara because I feel like a pretty princess. Oh, okay. So this is kind of like a tiara. It's kind of, yes. If I wear it like this. There you go. Ka- Kazo, at least you're not losing your hair and your, and your, and your back <laughs> and your hip doesn't hurt. So That's true. That's you, a good point. You could be old and losing your hair. That is a great look for you. Is it? I love the tiara headband. Thank you. I think you. we Wonderful. need to flip it, though. I think the, the symbols. Oh, Am wait, I no, doing no, it wrong? You got it, you got it, you got it. Okay, okay so you can find us on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. Um, we're also on iTunes, so you can go on iTunes. And we are currently at 199 reviews on iTunes. So if you give us a review, you might be the 200th review. So I'm assuming someone in the chat who's watching will go there right now and do that. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can tweet us at aaapodcast. We're also at Triple A A A Kazuo, right? Hey, yeah, that's me. That's you. That's right. Awesome. Uh, the pretty princess. The pretty princess. I, pretty... I like the Patriots tiara. Thank you. And of course, we're live every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 p.m. GMT. Um, so, yeah. We have a great show for you guys today. We decided that we're going to start announcing the outline for the show right off the top. So, here it is. Whether you know it or not, March and April are the primary hiring seasons in Japan for a variety of jobs. It's when the new school year starts in Japan, so most of the schools are hiring starting in April 
that's when you'll start working. So we're going to be talking about finding and uh, getting a job in Japan. In preparation for that, for doing so, you can listen to this podcast and hear it from people who already have done the process and know a lot about it. And then, of course, we have we're going to be continuing our impressions from this from the winter 2015 season. We have a whole slate of shows for you to do for you. We're doing Kofuku Graffiti, Sengoku Musou, Idol Master, Cinderella Girls. We're also doing Duda Duda. I can't say that Duda 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 X Two. Does that mean you have to say you twice just, as many Ras? You can yeah. just call it Dur. Okay, Dur. dur. dur okay. <laughs> I mean, I've and, seen her in Drr Dur. And the very Japanese title. Sainai Heroin no Sodate Kata. So, uh, we got a full slate, so um, let's get it started off with a five star review. Who wants to read the five star review that is submitted by Allison Turbit? I'll read it. Go. Allison writes, I'm not the biggest anime fan around. I pay attention to whatever new show is talked about and watch it on Crunchyroll like it's a regular cartoon. This podcast makes me feel good to be a casual anime fan, mostly because a lot of the anime fans and podcasts can really be snobs. I started listening at the first episode Kazuo showed up on. I like Kazuo. He's not cynical about anime like I am yet. I blame (laughs) Sword Art Online for any of my anime cynicism. Someone actually likes me? Aw, we like you. Anime podcasts can be elitist? What? What? There's no way. No way. That's impossible. Okay, th- thank you for the five-star review. Um, I appreciate that when I asked a couple weeks ago that we were out of five-star reviews, I we got about a do- like a dozen or so of them immediately, so that's awesome. So thank you guys for that. You guys are the best. Um, bla- blasting through the, the rest of the clerical stuff, and then we'll get to the good stuff. We have uh, a, a list of forum members here. Katsuo, uh, Katsuo uh, Ottawa, Koryu, this is like a, one of those names that has no vowels. Cold Yuend, a dear Kadeen. This one I'm not even. Ige Ledger, man, J Jaeger, Eagle Jaeger, <laughs> I guess. Um, F word your own face. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's uh, intense. Kill myself. Quandary. Why the Why the hand basket? Epic guy, <laughs> man, fan coon, and the engineer. What the hell? What <laughs> these forum names this, this week? There are a couple of really dark ones in there, but yeah, I'm, there were. I'm gonna go with why the handbasket? <laughs> because really, why? Why do you go to hell in a handbasket? Out uh, of everything. That's true. Um, I'm going to pick uh, epic guy man fan <laughs> That was gonna be mine. Oh, sorry. No, I'm not gonna pick one now. Oh. So the trivia for this week was very difficult. Uh, we have never had this many incorrect submissions. We have had we have had fewer correct answers before because we've, there has been a week where we had no one answer correctly. But this week we had something like twenty two people that answered incorrectly, which is very unusual. Well, I did kind of do a trick question inadvertently, right? Well, yeah. So it's it, it's a shot from the anime Zoku Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, which is the answer to the trivia question. Yes. But it has the shadow of Detective Conan in the foreground of the image. Oh. So it looks like Detective Conan is the answer, but that is not correct. The people that got it correct this week uh, are David the Demon, Kod Yuend, and Kuroro Mind. You guys are one click ahead of everyone else, it seems. And the winner for the week is Kod Yuend. So good job there. Uh, that, that one ended up being worth a lot of points in our six-month trivia contest. So, yep. so uh, nice job. Very sneaky, Chiaki. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 
mailbag bag 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 if you want to submit a mailbag you can go to the website www.aaapodcast.com there's a button on the top click the button type your stuff and hit submit it's that easy everyone can figure that out i think i hope so i'm looking forward to these mailbags who wants to read the first mailbag question I will read the read, first mailbag question. Read, sir. And it comes from someone with an awesome name. Oh, really? Archer Sky. Why is that awesome? Know, it just sounds it cool. It does sound cool. Doesn't it? Okay. They, they could be like a secret agent. Okay. So Archer writes, any tips for a budding new podcast? Uh, oh, God. The, the full message is, sup, guys and gals at the AAA podcast. Cheers for making my anime addiction worse. You're welcome quality podcast i absolutely love it listen to it every week and i've recommended it to all of my anime loving friends thank you speaking of my friends a few of us not so long ago began making our own anime podcast i feel we've got some great chemistry and i love the conversations we get to have making have making it we're improving with every episode we make and i feel we may be on to something just wondering if you guys had any hints slash tips on how to make a podcast successful such as how to structure it properly, how to get more people listening to it. We have a few people listening, but nowhere near enough. Best software to use for video, audio editing, and any other hints you may have. Thank you for taking the time to read this, and keep up the damn good work, Archer. Oh, thank you. All right, Chiaki, what's your answer for this one? Well, we talked about making your own anime podcast all the way back in episode 54. And most recently in episode 250, we discussed the history of the AAA. And on that show, we went a lot into... You know, where we started, where we are, how we got here, the tech we use, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and if I had to pick one quick thing just to answer this mailbag, it would be consistency. Have consistency in your show format. Have consistency in the quality you put out. Have consistency in how often you put stuff out. If it's once every other week, stick to that. Um, but don't start once every week and then once every other week and then once a month and then back to once every week. People like shows that are consistent. My top two answers to this question are never going to change. If you're really serious about it, buy the equipment. It's going to cost you $600 probably to get the mixer, all the mics, the computer, um, cameras, whatever else you need, all the cabling, whatever else you need. You might spend around 600 bucks, but, but I mean, you, you want to sound good. I mean, no, nothing will make me turn off a podcast quicker than it sounding bad. Definitely the number one thing. The other, the other thing is outline your content. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting there rambling for an hour and a half. I mean, we've been using an outline since the beginning. It's the very beginning. So we use Google Documents. It's very for the nice. Win. And as as an expert in, you know, being in several, several episodes <laughs> of an anime <laughs> podcast, I would say just be yourself. You know, that's that's one of the most important things. You don't want to pretend to be somebody you're not and you have to put up a facade every single time you, you do a show. Just be yourself and the audience will find you. Okay, one more thing, too. I, the few people listening, but nowhere near enough. I, I don't know what you mean by that, but don't plan on being famous by this. <laughs> Tell <laughs> that, me about it. That also, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the next question is submitted by Fear Junkie. I'll read this one. The question reads, Plug in your controls, AAA crew. I got a question for you. What anime would you most want to be made into a video game, and what kind of video game would it be? I would like it. Uh, I would like a kill a kill game that would play something like Devil May Cry or Bay or Bayonetta. That actually sounds oh. awesome. It kind of does, yeah. Actually, I'm. 
Okay, I will have two off the top of my head. I have to pick something Utena, right? Of course. Um, so I would like a Soul Calibur version of Utena with what? like the duels and all of the duels and the ridiculous moves. But there aren't that many characters that, that fight in Utena. Are you are kidding? There? Yes, there are. If you include all the Black Rose Saga, oh yeah, you have. Okay, I you stand have corrected. A, a bulk of people that would be that would be awesome. Was it like a homoeroticism mini game? <laughs> sure, sexual why not? confusion mini game where you're like, I don't know what gender I am. Quickly, quickly, click the roses to hide the genitalia game or whatever. <laughs> when the one guy uh -huh. when the one guy powers up, he turns into a Corvette. Yeah, you know, it, you know, that's the kind of thing. You could have the special right. move like or up, whatever. down, X, circle, or whatever, and you turn into a Corvette and run over the person. Seems legit. Yeah. Um, I uh, every every anime that I'm thinking of, I know there's already a video game for. I mean, it's Japan. They've made a game out of everything. That's but true. I'd like to see a an, a game of Lupin the Third that's done in the style of like Uncharted. Oh, that'd be that cool. That would be interesting. You know, I, I was thinking maybe more of an uh like an adventure game, like uh you know like the Telltale games that they do. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah. You know, you have like a mystery element to yeah. it and all that. Um, or I'd like to see a loop on the third game where they where they use the 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 heist preparation style that they use from Grand Theft Auto Five, like where you plan your heist and then you go and you execute it. I'm sure that there's there's probably a dozen loop on the third games, but they're probably old and crappy, and they're probably like arcade shooters and stuff. You know, I want to see a quality. Like Indiana Jones style, you know, mystery game or, you know, a, a game where you're planning bank heists. I think that'd be cool. All yeah, right. That sounds good. My, um, the first thing that came to my mind when I read this question was a Hajime no Ippo boxing game, like, you know, um, mm. you know, like all the, you know, major boxing games. But yeah. as I'm sitting here, I, I thought of something that, would immediately destroy the rest of my life. Like I would <laughs> give up my your, social life. I would life. just stay home and play this game <laughs> forever. And that would be a Pokemon MMO. Haven't you they know, been talking we, about that for a while? People already? have been people have been begging for that for if, ages. If they ever came out with a Pokemon MMO, that would be it. That would be game over. I'd I be feel like, like that's it. I feel like that's what they're sitting on, like in their back pocket. Like you know, Final Fantasy is sitting on like the Final Fantasy VII remake, right. and they're just kind of waiting. And no, when they're they, not. I, you know, if <laughs> they needed not. some money, they well, could they bust technically that out. are. Having a Final Fantasy seven, they are, but it's not. But coming. it's not what we want, right? Yeah. I know. It's a, what it's a port to they're PS3 trolling. or something. Yeah, they're trolling us. But I, I, I fully expect that eventually the Pokemon franchise would just be like, okay, God, we need some money. It would make so much money; it'd be ridiculous. It would be so successful. Be, yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty crazy. All a right, man, a man can dream. <laughs> the next mailbag comes from Stan, and Stan writes, "Stan the man, Stan the man." I have a quick question about Japan. How popular are flip phones? I see them all the time in anime and manga and was wondering if they are more popular than smartphones. Keep up the good work, you guys. You are the best. Thanks in advance. I'm reading Chiaki's answer to this, and I think it's correct, so why don't you just read it? Read oh, your answer. well, I they were used, still used by a majority of Japan as recent as 2010 because when I was studying abroad there uh, toward the end of 2009, most people had smartphone or most people had flip phones, excuse me, over smartphones. Even though I think at that point, 2009, the iPhone was on its second iteration. I think we had the, the three, the iPhone 3G. Wait, in what year? 2009. 
I know oh, the come iPhone on. The original was out. came out in 2007, I think. Yeah, okay. So we, we were on we were on the second or third iteration of iPhone and most people still used flip phones. Now I think flip phones are beginning to be overtaken by smartphones. I think we could still see them in modern anime because of A to have that element of nostalgia for people who I'm thinking of like Kimino Uso where the kids there have uh, flip phones. And that, I feel like, is an anime that's made for people who are a little older and they're being nostalgic about their junior high school days and that's what they had then. Um, or B, because parents may not want to buy expensive smartphones for their kids and or the schools may not allow them. But I think we're starting to see a change, especially in recent anime. I'm thinking about Doodadada X2, which I'll give an impression on later. But the characters in that all use touch phones like Samsung and things like that. Smartphones are starting to catch up. Yeah. But as we've said before, Japan, believe it or not, is something like uh, five to eight years behind on tech. Yep. It sounds crazy. Like, you think that everyone thinks that Japan is like a place where robots are rocking around on the street and people fly around in jetpacks. That, that shit's just not true. Like, most of Japan is incredibly not low tech. It's unbelievable, but that's just the way it is. Mm. It's like you have this duality in Japan. If you're in Tokyo or Osaka or Kyoto and you're in, you know you're in the city center you see technology everywhere a huge light up huge like like advertising signs that you could that you don't see anywhere else stores selling all manner of cameras and phones and games and gadgets and gizmos but then when you leave the city areas and you start heading more rural the further you go rural the more ridiculously low tech it gets yeah mm-hmm. like i don't i feel like i feel like the united states isn't like that if you go to like i'm from west virginia and I was just there a couple months ago, you know. In West Virginia, everyone still has iPhones, you know. Everyone still has the same general stuff. But I feel like that's not the case in Japan. And I think it's more a lot of it is a function of the elderly, of how elderly the people are in the rural or in the rural areas. When people in, in Japan get old, they just move out of the city and move and retire to the countryside. True. I mean, Japan also has a much longer history than we have here in the States, at least. I mean, we're a couple hundred years old. True, They're true. several thousand years old. <laughs> Kazu, I wanted to mention something, but I forgot. So I'm going to say it now. Okay. Someday I have a feeling that we will go to Japan, mm. and I will show you the Hajimenu Ippo punching game in the arcades. Awesome. Where you punch the, you know, you punch it and see how hard you hit it. That'll be fun. We yeah, just we so just need to plan that. something like X years in advance, like right now. Say, okay, giant AAA trip. We're all going to be in Tokyo at this time. Hit up Akihabara with the AAA crew and just make it happen. That would be incredible. That would be okay. The last mailbag question. Whose turn is it? Uh, Go is for it. it. My, what? Yours? Mine? Okay, mine. Uh, Do it. Comes from Baka Baka Bacchus, and uh, it says. Lesian Thomas is kickstarting an anime, or is it anime? If Cora isn't, then is this? Anyway, he is awesome. Can I get a mfing amen? Baka baka bakas, you misspelled your name. And I, I, I don't know why I feel like being a dick. I just do. <laughs> How rude. Baka only has one K. Mm. Anyways, all right. Sorry. M mfing amen. Mfing amen to that. Wait, Whatever what am I amening? Said. I have no idea. What? The Kickstarter. I don't know. He said. He said if he right. can he get one. So I'm giving him one. You got it. Amen. Amen. What is the show about? For the record, <laughs> it looks like the Kickstarter for the. Sh- it's a show called Cannon Busters, mm. and it got thirty thousand over its one hundred twenty thousand dollars asking. So oh. it's closed and it got funded. So I guess super. The job is done. Amen. Super effing. Awesome. Amen. The job is done. All right. All right. So. That's the end of the mailbags. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I have a feeling we're like 10 million mailbags behind, but I'm too afraid to check. 
We're, we're doing okay. We're, I, we're, we're slowly falling behind, but, you know, there's always that mailbag episode. <laughs> Chiaki's been putting them onto the document lately, so I have no idea how many how far behind we are, but I have this strange suspicion that it's like, we're, I'm going to open up the the mailbag closet and it's just going to collapse onto me and crush <laughs> me. But um, the anime Oscars voting is still up on our website. You can go to our website, which once again is www.aaapodcast.com, and you can vote until February 7th for the anime Oscars. There's a gigantic banner on the front page. You click the banner, it takes you to the voting page. it probably take you a couple minutes to vote. The nominees were selected by us and by a couple other podcasts that we're particularly close to. So um, I think you guys will like the, uh, the the selections you have to choose from in the different categories. And we're going to be doing our Anime Oscars award show on Sunday, February 7th. which or, 15th. So, so, sorry, February 15th, which is two weeks from now, uh, at 4 p.m. on Sunday. So make sure you can be there. It's usually a really fun show, very funny. Um, I don't think there's no other anime podcast that does an anime Oscars award show like we do. So... Uh, I'm proud to say that. And, uh, <laughs> I think you guys will enjoy it. So, Get out your fineries. Walk the red carpet with us. Mm, yes. yes. We have one more announcement, Chiaki, don't we? Yes, we do. We are very pleased to announce for 100% certainty that we will be attending the Florida Anime Experience Convention Year 5 in Orlando, Florida. You can check out their website at, I think it's floridaanime.com. But I'm going to check that real quick. I'll check it for you. Keep reading. Thank you. This year's convention theme is Evangelion. In the past, they like to do convention themes where they get a bunch of guests from the same show. So they had Sailor Moon in the past, and they had they had um, Cowboy Bebop in the past. And this year, they have the main English voice actors for Asuka, Shinji, Rei, and Mari in attendance. So... If you like Evangelion and you can get to this convention and you don't go, you're kind of silly. Mm. I, I smell some Spike Spencer interviews in the future. Indeed. So if you do like Evangelion or want to go to a convention, we have two tickets to the show to give away. So we can let you go for free. All you have to do is go to aaapodcast.com forward slash fae15. You can tweet or you can share the Facebook status to your own Facebook or Twitter. Even if you can't go, maybe some of your friends would like to know about it and get those free tickets. And then there's a form that you just fill out and let us know the panels you would want us to do at the convention, who you would want us to interview, that type of thing, and why we should give you the tickets. And don't be afraid to get creative with that. So... The website is floridaanime.com. Okay, yes. So all the information is on there. And then to get the free tickets from us, once again, that's aaapodcast.com forward slash fae15. And we'll be there. And, of course, we'll be doing a dinner. And you guys can hang out with us. And I'm actually planning. There's a bunch of fun stuff we're planning. We're in in the talks of doing, like, a big podcaster summit with, um, with, I think, Anime 3000 is going to be there. Anime World Order is going to be there. That's awesome. And um, I also and I already got confirmation from from Solbro Ryu at Gundam at MAHQ that he's interested in doing something also. So Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And if you do hang out with us at FAE, then we will have an awesome time and yeah. go on crazy adventures. I guarantee yeah. it. He's guaranteeing it, people. Guarantee it. Every convention. Oh yeah. There's always something crazy we always. get up to. 
Alright, so I already said this once, but we're going to be t- we're gonna be talking about how to get you a job in Japan coming up on this episode. This is an episode where you will get your pen and paper out, write down all the notes you need to uh, figure out how you can get yourself a job. I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you, if you follow the steps that we list, you have a much better chance of getting a job in Japan. We're also doing some good, uh, some interesting impressions for you guys. The impressions list, again, is Koufuku Graffiti. Um, what else are we doing? It's uh, Idol Master Cinderella Girls, Sengoku Musou, Durarara X2, and uh, Sainai Heron no Sodate Kata. So we got a whole bunch of stuff to do. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in a couple minutes, guys, so stay tuned. you anime addicts this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break for those of you who are fans of the anime Yomushi Petal and you just can't get enough well there's a Japanese stage play currently in the works Marvelous has begun streaming a commercial for the stage play Yomushi Petal Inter High Hen the winner or the Inter High Hen arc the winner this past week it's the sixth in a series of plays based off of Yoamushi Petal, with the first premiering back in 2012. The play will cover the final day of the Inter High Race, an entire play for just one day. It'll be open in Tokyo from March 6th to March 15th, Osaka from March 19th to the 22nd, and Hukuoka from March 26th to the 29th. It is a stage play, so tickets will be costing 6,800 yen or just under 60 US dollars if you live in Japan or happen to be in Japan during any of those tour dates. Now, if you're not, or well, if you are, you can look online to find pictures of the full cast in their costumes. And let me just tell you that that alone is worth it because they look awesome. In some other interesting Japan news, they may be coining a new Forever Alone meme out at the Pokemon Cafe Ruby and Sapphire. It is a limited time cafe open until March 15th that is all Pokemon themed with, well, everything from Pikachu-shaped food to special Pokemon merchandise. Most interestingly, though, is that if you go to the cafe and are happening to be eating alone, you can request a plushy Pikachu to occupy the chair at your table or next to you, so that way you are never truly alone. I would like to see someone try to do that here in America, go to a restaurant with their stuffed Pikachu. In other news, the Fuji TV's No Tamina anime block has recently conducted a favorite theme song poll. The block is 10 years old as of this past December, and they asked watchers to pick their top 10 favorite anime theme songs from the past 10 years. Now, you can find a video online that includes all of the theme songs, the No Tamina Fan Best Collection, or you can find the track list. There are some truly great anime theme songs on this list, from Honey and Clover to Nadami Contiglier, C made it on there, Anohana made it on there, of course Kids on the Slope is there, and Psychopaths, but you can find a full list online. And finally, in some other general internet anime-related interest news, if you love the classically trained violinist and electro-pop artist Lindsay Sterling, well she's recently released a new cover on YouTube that I am in love with. It's a cover of 
Kuro Usa P and Hatsune Miku's Senbon Zakura. The song was originally uploaded to Nico Nico Dolga and received more than 4.3 million views in less than a year. The cover is fantastic, and like I said, you can find it on YouTube. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, cuz we'll be back to the show soon. Mitsugi, what's with all this packaging everywhere? Chiaki, I just made the most important discovery of the new year. No way. A cure to soggy sandwich bread? Um, no. JList.com has gotcha pong. What? You're kidding. Nope. It's all the excitement of gotcha pong delivered right to your door. This is crazy and like a totally awesome I needed to order two days ago kind of way. Look, they have complete sets where you can get every figure released or you can just buy one like this Kodama plush keychain. Uh-oh. Have you shown Kazuo the cat smartphone stands yet? I was just about to. I think he needs it in addition to his Japanese cat calendar. Just like I need that Sailor Moon compact set. Get to ordering then, and remember to check back often. JList.com is always changing their inventory, so you never know if your favorite anime will be up next. Oh, I will. I have JList.com bookmarked at home and JBox.com bookmarked at work. So no matter what I'm getting up to or where I am, I'm getting anime goods. Hey, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Vincent Valentine. Leron from Gurren Lagann. Gilman from Digimon. And a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in, or else. And we're back to episode 262 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I love that drop that Steve Bloom did for us. Steve Bloom is, is great. He's awesome. And th- we got that, by the way, at the Florida Anime Experience. So I forgot to mention, too, we have a banner on the homepage, aaapodcast.com. So if you forget the URL, you can just click that and get your free ticket that way. So I looked up Steve Bloom on IMDb today and noticed that he hasn't really done anime in quite a while. He's Aww. moving on. He's moved on to more profitable exploits. I was going to say, he probably is making more money, though. I think Crunchyroll um, is smothering the life out of the dub industry. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Funimation is doing their own simulcast and subbing, so... That's what I mean. Like, the simulcasting is smothering the life out of the dub industry. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised, and this is just me being controversial, but I would not <laughs> be surprised if dubs, if the dubbing industry is totally dead in five years. No. Totally, totally I, dead. I think this is my prediction right here, right now. Remember this for the future. I think the only dubs we will see in three to five years plus will be dubs that were Kickstarter funded. I think they'll be funded by Kickstarter. Who's, 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 I, who's watching dubs? Well, I mean, there are people yeah, out there. Are, I mean, when I did the poll on our website about how do you watch your anime, 90% of people said it was either Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll Hulu Plus, or Illegally. <laughs> all of those, all, all of those options are are are, are subtitled. So, that's, well, I, I mean, I mm, I was gonna say I prefer dub, but I prefer good dubs. Like if it's a good dub, I'll I'd rather watch that. And that's sub. and that's why I say I could see it being a crun- or a kick a crowdfunded thing where mm. people only put money toward casts, 
right. that they want to see. Yeah, I don't think that that the dub industry will die though. I don't. I mean, it may it may shrink, but. I, I think it'll continue. For it'll change, I think. But yeah. Anyway. Anyways. So this episode, we're going to talk about how to get you a job in Japan. Every anime fan at some point at least thinks about getting a job in Japan. and you don't. But, but oftentimes you think to yourself, oh, I don't know how to do it. It's too hard. I'll never be able to get over there. I'm not smart enough. You know, oh, it's too scary. Well, we can answer some of these questions that you might have. I think we know what the common questions are, or at least what the important questions are, and we can help you feel better about it and to learn that it's not it's not honestly that hard to get yeah. a job in Japan. So the reason why we feel like we're qualified to talk about this for people who maybe have joined the show fairly recently, uh, Mitsugi and myself have both uh, about a year ago now, but we went to Japan and worked for just shy of two years and, you know, did this whole process. And so we spent time there. We've been through it ourselves. And the reason why we're talking about this now is unlike in many countries, America specifically, but I know other countries have a similar schedule, the school year in Japan begins in April. Yes, early so, April, like April 5th or something. Yeah, so it has three terms, April to July, September to December, January to late March, with breaks in between those. But the school year begins and ends in, you know, March, April. So now is the time that all of these companies are hiring, looking to fill vacancies for the school year. So this is a really big hiring time for Japan. That's right. So the first thing you need to know about this, and this is probably just, it's just the most important thing that you need to know. It's a filter. If you don't have this, you might, you might as well just think about doing something else. You have to have a college degree. Well, actually, they changed that, Mitsugi. Did they? What? Yeah. They did. They changed it slightly. That that was some of the um, the regulations that were changing while we were there. And they changed it slightly, it, but it varies by visa type. So, for example, a specialist in humanities or international studies, which is the most common for Ikaiwa teachers and a lot of English instructor, instructors, requires a university degree or 10 years experience. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, experience, so... <laughs> You'd be quicker just to go to college and get the degree. Ten years of experience. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Damn. And, but the only thing is, is, I don't know... I was looking at the Japanese website, and it wasn't clear to me... Before, it was you had to have a four-year college degree. Mm -hmm. But now it just says university degree. So I don't know if they're still counting university, meaning four-year college degree, or a you know, two-year technical school will cover it for the visa. I'm going to guess by the fact that it says university that they're looking for a four-year degree, but that could be something that has recently changed. Wow. Can I make a side note real quick? Just interject something totally unrelated. <laughs> sure. I was looking at the FloridaAnime.com website, and I was looking at the, at the voice actors and actresses that are coming from from Evangelion. The girl who, who, who voices uh, Rei Ayanami is uh, Brina, Brina Palencia is smoking hot. <laughs> what, do you th what do you think, Kazuo? Uh, hold on, let's see. Uh, I second your... Smoking playing. hot. Also, since we're on a tangent, wow. the girl who uh, voices Mari also does the English voice of Mikasa in Attack on Titan. I don't care about Mari. I'm looking at Brina Palencia. <laughs> Brina? <laughs> She's Googling really hot. it right now. Um, okay, anyway. So, um, all right. So another important thing people worry about and when when they're when they're trying to get a job in Japan are are visas. Yes. Now, the important thing to note about visas is that there's a number of ways to get them. You can and there's there's a number of different types of visas. The one, the first type of visa is just the normal, well, I guess I'll go down the less normal ones first cuz they're not really that important to talk about. 
you can get a spousal visa, which means you're married to a Japanese woman and you can just live in Japan and work. Up to or tw- or another American who has a visa. Okay, or another American with a visa, but mm-hmm. or w- another foreigner with a visa but, rather. But with a spousal visa, you can only work 25 hours a week, so they won't. That that's going to limit your ability to work for various Akaiwa and um, a, especially a, um, assistant language teacher programs, which pretty much run you right up to the point where you're considered full-time, which is 39 and a half hours. So that's a spousal visa. You can also get, get like what's called a cultural visa. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, um, it's a cultural studies visa or something. And that basically means I think you can stay in the country for up to a year, and you have to submit something that says what you're going to be studying. And it can be personal. Like, I want to go and I want to take brush painting classes for a year or something like that but you can't work under it so you have to basically say i'm going to go into the country and i'm going to stay longer than the tourist visa which for most countries you can just go through the japanese airport and get a 90-day tourist visa that's just the i'm here to see japan but if you want to stay longer you can get that kind of cultural studies Hmm. visa what you have to prove you know what you're going to be doing and whatnot you have to go over with like a fat stack otherwise yeah (laughs) that too yeah These types of visas are kind of unusual. The one, the most typical visa are going to be sponsored by the company you work for. Yes. So, and this is the good thing about this is that you don't have to worry about this. You, your company will literally do all the paperwork to make sure that your visa is ready for you by the time you get there. All you have to do is fill out some paperwork, take like some wallet sized photos of yourself and submit it and they will take care of it for you. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's not quite as easy as what Mitsugi is making it sound. It's it's a process of, you know, the company that you're working for in Japan has to contact the, the prefectural office, get paperwork. They become your, your sponsor, your guarantor, and you get a certificate of eligibility from the Japanese government that says you have a company who wants to bring you to Japan and they are going to hire you. Then they have to send that to you and then... Once they send it to you, you then have to take that and get your passport and your photos and either mail it out to your local consulate or drive it to your local consulate, whatever you feel most comfortable for. And then you play a waiting game and then you get it sent back. So the whole process on average takes about two to three months. So I'm I'm sorry, I'm scanning the chat for uh, questions and we do have one from Chiaki, the male version. Uh, He would like to know what if someone has an accounting degree and an intermediate level fluency in Japanese. You're good to go. You're good to go, right? As long yeah, as you have that, good. it seems step one, get your degree. <laughs> yeah. Once you have that, it's pretty much... Now, when yeah. you say intermediate level of fluency, take the JLPT. Yeah. If you don't test for JLPT one or two, they're not going to accept you. you you're actually in a pretty good position, depending on what your def- definition of intermediate yeah. Japanese is. So if I were you, I would go to Japan, get a job teaching English for like a year, Brush up on, study your Japanese hard, get good at it, get into, and then go apply and try to get a job at a finance company. Yeah. Like, get a get a job that, that, that actually pays enough money that you can save money and retire someday. You could be in Japan long term with that kind of, uh, you know, prospect. Finance, finance jobs and accounting jobs, actually, if I had to say they're the three most common types of jobs that are, that I've seen on job boards for Japan, it's teaching and education as as number one number two i would actually say is finance and accounting and number three is web design and and databasing so if you know computer languages if you code if you have experience in that and you can speak japanese 
or, you know, that finance and accounting side of things, you're actually in a pretty good position. You just have to test because they're going to ask, they're going to ask for JLPT exams and they're going to ask for what, what you are. And, and I was talking with people while I was interviewing and stuff. And, and basically all of the companies that I spoke to said that, you know, if, if you have JLPT five, four or three, which are the lower ones, it's cool to see they kind of get a feel of where you are with your Japanese and that can help you, yeah. that can help separate you from another from another potential hire but if you're looking to get a job at a japanese company like one of those as i mentioned you know the the databasing or the technical jobs or the accounting jobs they'll want jlpt2 or one okay um another question from the chat from bcom is what will be expected of you as far as work hours in japan um you know we've <laughs> all a lot of us have heard that they work ridiculously late um so well, what's the usual for a foreigner can, can i take this one yeah, go for it. So it depends on what you're doing. If you're working at an Akaiwa, which stands for English uh, Conversation School, yeah, um, they will. They usually they, you you're almost always you're going to work in the evenings because they're they're catering to a clientele of people that are after school students or uh, after work employees. So you're going to be working at an Akaiwa. You're going to be working between the hours of maybe one o'clock to ten p.m. If you're working at an ALT and as an assistant language teacher in, in like a public school, you're going to be working normal school hours. So you're going to work Monday through Friday. Um, a, uh, normally you get there at about 8 and you finish by about uh, 4. So Now, as an addendum to that, a lot of times these ALT and a Kiowa jobs, the cutoff for full time is 40 hours and once someone reaches or when someone reaches 40 hours i know that japanese companies they have to start they have to fulfill certain regulations by the governments by giving you certain benefits and a lot of alt and a kaiwa positions will hold you at like 39.5 or 39.99 and will not let you exceed that because they don't want to have to pay for your for certain benefits for you so in those positions that mitsugi was just saying you almost don't have to worry about working a certain amount of hours because of that. But there's still kind of loopholes in that. So for example, the the school that I first went over there and started working for, I would have, let's say I had uh, lessons from one to three, and then I didn't have anyone scheduled. And then I had people coming in from seven to nine. Well, that span between three to seven, I wasn't working. And so, yes, it was my time where I could leave, but if I lived far from the school, which I did, I didn't have time enough to go home and I didn't have time enough to do anything else. So I was in the office, but I wasn't getting paid or the time wasn't counting for it. So I was still working a lot of hours was what it felt like, yeah. but because I was out of the house and I was at work, but it wasn't counting for anything there's, i guess there's a lot of really clever questions you need to ask before yeah. you accept a job in japan and i would be okay helping you ask those questions if you wanted to send me a message on our forum i've already done it for several people likewise because they don't tell you everything that you need to know uh, when you're applying and you're probably not going to see your contract until you know you're already somewhat into the process now, to expand upon that question, too, I, since we mentioned some of those other jobs, for those of you who maybe do have a Japanese background um, and can speak Japanese, if you get a job either as a recruiter, that was one of the other ones that are big, that maybe doesn't require as much Japanese fluency as, say, accounting or finance or technical jobs do, those jobs you will be expected to put in the time like a Japanese person would. And that means 
you are there early and you stay late. And oftentimes you will go, yeah. be expected to go um, bond with your coworkers, which means drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Kazuo is scanning the chat for questions. So if you have questions from the chat, Kazuo, just go ahead and ask them. Sure. Um, yeah, we've got one right here from Meowth. Is it harder to get a job in Japan if you're a female as opposed to male? No. That's no? not no. That's so there's no. no. In fact, it's not true, Chiyagi. <laughs> I make, I make fact, a noise at you for that one. Are you serious? Well, you, she she is a female. Do you not recall the stories of your school that literally would only hire women? Ooh. The the noise I am making. Point Mitsugi. Bing. The noise I am making. I'm making it for. It depends on the type of job. If you're looking to get a job in education, it can actually help you to be a female. I think, because well, I think that's pretty much all we're talking about. Well, yeah, but I, I want to be honest. There there are recruiting jobs. I interviewed for a recruiting job, actually, right before I left Japan, and obviously I didn't take it. But, I mean, there are jobs where they prefer women. But yeah. Well, they, they also offered you that, that recruiting job. So they did. It's not really, that, that doesn't really support your point that it's harder for women. So it seems that it depends on the type of job. Now, to go along with that, Keenan in the chat says, how about race? Does that affect your I'd, ability to get a position? I know it might be difficult for you guys to answer since you're both, you know, of the same... Well, yeah. well, in my ex <laughs> in my experience, it doesn't matter. I think it matters if you're if you're of the Western races, Australian, American, Canadian, European. It doesn't really matter. But if you are of, let's say, Filipino or Chinese or Korean descent, it can make a difference. I know a lot of Akaiwas would advertise the fact that they didn't hire Filipinos or something like yeah. that. I, I the the only thing that can hurt you is if you're not. A Western English natives, native yeah. English speaker. Okay, so not like you're not talking about they wouldn't hire a, a Filipino American or you know somebody from Britain whose you know, descent is I Filipino. Mean, but I as far as where you are from, like if you are from the Philippines, they might I would, be less likely to hire you. I would say as long as English is your first language, you have mm -hmm. a pretty good chance. But I think if you know the real reality is is that if someone who looks like they're of Filipino or Chinese or another Asian descent goes up against somebody who is blonde haired and blue eyed mm -hmm. the kai will probably pick the blonde haired blue eyed person I, interesting i think the only people that get hurt are like people that are span of spanish descent that have a spanish person living in america that has english as a second language will have a harder time because not every place wants to hire any an ace a, a non-english native speaker well guess i'm going to korea i'll be quiet <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, before we take any more questions, um, are, are, we, are we done with the visa? Um, the only thing I wanted to just add on to that was just pay attention to what country you're in as far as the visa policies before you even start applying. Yes, the company should help you out, but it's always good to do your due diligence and find out, you know, what are you in for with getting a visa? Certain countries have... Um, bargains worked out with the Japanese government like for example those in Australia have working holiday visas where people can just go over I think it's like six to eight months and they can just go in and say I'm gonna work and they can find a job for six to eight months and it's really easy um, America as we mentioned there's a guarantee here and some countries they might not even let them get a work visa at all so and okay. to, go, to go along with that addicted hero asks what is the longest work visa you can get and is it possible um, to obtain a citizenship if you work there long enough I think the first visa is a year 
Isn't it? They they normally give just a year. I think it depends on the type of visa. Um, it's one or three years for the uh, specialist in humanities or international studies. And I think other visas can go up to 10 years. But most people stay with a one or a three year visa. If you're planning to stay there a long time, the best thing you can do is try to get that three year after your first year expands because it is a pain in the ass to renew your visa in Japan. Yeah. But oftentimes your company will take care of it for you. Well, you still got to get off work and go to the uh, the prefectural office That's and true. I, I, go I, back. I, I mean, I had to go way out of my way to get my visa redone, but it, it wasn't hard. It no, was, it's not hard. It's just a pain in the ass. It is, and it was at my own expense. So yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. So when you are, I really do recommend Gaijin Pot. A lot of employers use Gaijin Pot, and I don't really know of any other website, honestly, where you can go that's that's as effective. The website is spelled G-A-I-J-I-N-P-O-T dot com. We actually know some of the people at Gaijin Pot. Um, they're, they're really nice. Yeah. I was just on there. Uh, on Gaijin Pot, of course, there's, uh, there's a slew of English teaching jobs on there already. I imagine that as we go through February and into... Uh, as we go through the month of February, they're going to become there's, they're going to proliferate. There will be more and more of them. There were a lot of them in, in the Kanto region, which is uh, you know not that surprising. Everybody wants to be in Tokyo. So other websites that I looked for when I was doing um, looking for jobs in Japan were actually a website called Jobs in Japan and Die Job. But I second Mitsugi. Gaijin Pot really is one of the best sites because you go in, you create a resume, you can have that resume be searchable for employers. I did have employers contacting me. That's actually how I got the recruitment job offer and or rather interview and job offer was someone found me and contacted me and said, hey, we have a position. Are you interested? And I said, sure. And so that's really good. And then once you get your resume worked out, they have really have really easy applications to jobs where you can basically just click use resume, paste in your cover letter and you're good to go. One thing worth noting is that Japanese resumes require a picture. This is standard in Japan. This is not just Gaijin Pot. Most Japanese resumes, that's normal that you have a picture on your resume. So make sure you have a professional photo of yourself. You don't have to go out and, you know, have a photo shoot or something, but put your suit jacket on, do your hair, do your makeup or whatever, and have someone take a picture of you with a neutral background, yep. you know, smiling, that kind of thing, because you will need it. The, the the top things I hear from from people that are recruiting that kill you instantly on on your resume are the are your photo. Yeah. Your photo looks ridiculous. You're just done. Just just wrap it up. It's done. Um, you can't you can't be looking ridiculous in your photo. Typos for God's sake. Proofread your 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 resume, and keep really unnecessary and and and, and uh, irrelevant information off of there. So no one cares that you're good at skateboarding or <laughs> you know that you're. That you really love cats or something. Hey. This stuff's not. Yeah, sorry, Cosmo. Uh. That kind of stuff's not really <laughs> relevant. So you want to stick to your work experience, your education, and maybe some work-related skills that you have. We're, we're word processing, comfort, uh, being comfortable speaking, uh, able to use computers, um, for, uh, uh, can work with children. Those types of things are the types of things that that you're going to want to put on your resume. And um, it was brought up in the chat, speaking about Gaijin Pot, you guys had a recent, well, not too recent, but an episode where you interviewed someone yes. Yes. from Gaijin Pot. And Anthony Joe, he's a yes. good guy. And it was episode 191, thanks to Astro Astrophysics for pointing that out. Our keeper of knowledge. Yeah. 
Yes. Also on Gaijin Pot 2, as Mitsugi was saying with the resumes, you can have multiple resumes. So let's say you're someone who has that Japanese and accounting background. But let's say maybe you're also applying to just any job, some of the Akaiwa jobs, because the fact is, is that it really is easier to get a job once you're already in Japan. Oh, my God. It's so easy. So, you know... you might have to take a job that you might not want for a year or six months or whatever to get your foot in the door, you know, literally and figuratively. And once you're in Japan, apply for some of those other jobs that might be more goal jobs. And on Gaijin Pot, you can have that resume that's, you know, your technical resume for accounting or whatever. And then you can also have a resume that is geared more toward education and as Mitsugi was saying, working with kids and things like that. And you can pick which one you want to apply with. There's a lot of Akaiwa that will brutalize you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can expect to be working six day weeks, being paid very little, being not paid to sit there while you're not teaching, uh, commuting extremely long distances. All that stuff is possible. Holidays being very non-existent. Yeah. Hol- yes. But but just know that once you're there, switching your job, you, you will always be preferred over another candidate that's not in Japan. In fact, many mm. jobs will say to apply, you must already right. be in Japan. So once you're there, when I when I first applied for my jobs when I was still in Florida, I applied to maybe, I put out maybe 15, 15 applications. And from those, I got, I think it was three interviews. And, and even that is a lot. Like three out of 15 is pretty good. Yeah. But once I was in Japan, it was literally like five out of six that I applied for. I was getting I was getting offers or interviews for because I was already there with experience. You know, someone in the chat said something. Um, Kena Ale- or Kenal, sorry, maybe Al- Alexander. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ken Alexander. Oh, I can't has read. Um, said, don't confess to being an otaku. I generally say that's true, but I, I put kind of an asterisk to that in the sense of you want to be true to who you are. And yeah. in all of my job interviews, they would ask the inevitable question, why Japan? And, you know, why do you want to come to Japan or, or why do you want to stay in Japan or whatever? And I would be honest. I would say, honestly, my interest in Japan started with anime. I watched anime when I was a child, but then I would explain I I was a minor in Asian studies in college. I took Japanese language classes. I've studied the culture and I fell in love with it as a country that, you know, while it originated from a place of anime as my introduction, that's not the only thing that I love about Japanese society. So I would say, you know, don't, don't think of it as you have to hide who you are, be honest about it. But at the same time, I would also agree with Ken Alexander saying that, you should also probably not be like, I'm an otaku and I want to go to Akiba every day. <laughs> well, if, if you'll recall, um, well, when, when I was back when I was applying, the, the, the person who interviewed me was an otaku. Yeah. So being the fact that I watched anime and was into like, I thought it was cool that, that, that he had done samurai battle reenactments and stuff like that. That's awesome. I think that <laughs> was a huge, a huge factor in being able to get that job because there was a connection with the interviewer. Yeah. So um, we also have another question in the chat from Alamaz, and uh, they ask, um, "What are the chances of getting a teaching job in something other than English?" Um, his English is average, but uh, his French and Arabic are excellent. So, are, are do they are foreign languages other than English uh, common? I'm, I'm on. I am on Gaijin Pot right now. I didn't find any Arabic teaching jobs in Kanto. They do. They do come up. I've seen. I haven't seen Arabic. I wasn't looking specifically, but I've seen German. I've seen French. I've seen Chinese. I've seen. I have seen other languages. They're not as common, but 
on the flip side, there also probably aren't as many people applying for them. Mm. So when they do come up, you probably have a better chance of being selected for them. In the whole of Japan, I found maybe eight jobs looking for French teachers. I found zero for Arabic. I didn't search for German, but I know the German's basically the number two. Yeah. So I wish I spoke French. That's a cool language. I, I suck at French. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce half of French. Do you, do, you, do you know what else is a cool language? What's that? The language of love. Brown oh, chicken yeah. brown cow. All um. right. Um, all right. So is there, any, is there anything else to say about Gaijin Pot? I mean, it's free. It's yeah. not real hard. Gaijin Pot makes it really easy. You write up your resume. You, 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 you load it onto the website. And then most of the jobs you apply for, you can use that same resume. You, you may want to write a customized cover letter for, for each of your applications. Not you may. You do. You, you do. And it, it is a hassle, and, it's, and it is a bunch of BS. And you're right if you think it's a bunch of BS. It is. <laughs> but not having it looks bad. What, so, if you, what if you have kind of like a general letter, and you just plug in the differences I, and stuff like I, that? I, I, I usually copy-paste the, like the, the second two paragraphs, and then I will customize the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. I did the reverse. I normally had about two paragraphs. If I knew I was applying for you know teaching jobs, I had about two paragraphs explaining my background with Japan and the fact that I'd lived there before and my teaching experience and blah, 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 blah. And then I had one paragraph that was kind of the paragraph that I customized of why I thought I was catered to that job as an applicant yeah and that's mandatory for any job this is just this is just job applications 101 for everyone out there yes you must have a cover letter and yes it must be customized for every job because as mitsuki said it is bullshit but if you don't have it that's just a death knell from employers and you're gonna need copies of your uh, of your college diploma for your uh, for your for your uh, passport or or your visa um you want to move on to the large companies yeah, sure. The large companies in Japan, the largest one is Interac. I think Interac has officially passed Jet. I haven't looked this up, but I know the Jet has been declining. The Jet program is like the coveted god of job English teaching jobs in Japan. You basically do nothing. Like you're yeah. you're a cultural exchange teacher. You're not even an English teacher. So being there and just playing with the kids and Maybe giving an English lesson once in a while is good enough, and they pay better than just about anybody That's because awesome. it's a government job. But it's extremely competitive. You know, you'll have ten thousand applicants, and they'll take I don't know a hundred. Yeah. So it's very competitive. It's very difficult. If you get a jet job and you don't take it because you think you're so- there's something else better out there, unless you're going for like a career job again, like one of those technical jobs we mentioned. Yeah. You're just foolish. There is no better. English teaching job or whatever. Now, I have heard, um, because for a while I was like following a bunch of YouTubers who are Jets, and uh, the one downside to it is that you can't really pick where you want to go in Japan. You pretty much go wherever they send you, and it's usually in the Anaka. That's true for most jobs, except if you're going on Gaijinpot, you can search by region. So I could search for Kanto which would put me somewhere in the general vicinity of Tokyo. But that's true, but but what what Kazuo was saying was that if you get a jet job, no, if you they get just a, stick you somewhere. Yeah. If you get a jet job, you're going to end up on like Shima Jima Island, oh, like, geez. you know, down in, not necessarily, but it seems like every time I hear of someone who's a jet, they're, some, they're on like some like remote area of Kyushu but that's you know, just like whatever. I got to say, Japan is super connected and it's one of those things where as long as you have a train station, you can probably get to somewhere cool. Like I can name a bunch of cities up the west coast and east coast of Japan that, you know, even if you were out in the Anaka, the countryside, 
you could probably get to within an hour and have a great weekend away or something like that. And and there there are good things about the countryside. I actually wouldn't mind being put in the countryside. N- not 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 for super not from Super Shima Jima. You have to t- you, that shit is way out there. There, there is, but you have ferries to Osaka that take like four hours. So uh, we do have a couple other questions, but I feel like we might have touched on some of these. Um, Chiaki, the male version, asks uh, if companies in Japan, or yeah, do American companies in Japan expect the same level of work slavery? And we kind of touched on that earlier about the hours that they require you to work. It, it, as far as if it's an American company, I would say it depends on the style of yeah. office. There, there's a, there, there is, there is a such thing as a black. Kigyo. Yes. Buraku Kigyo. And it means a black corporation. And there are websites out there where com- where employer employees will post their thoughts about a company and a company will get labeled as a black Kigyo and yeah. you know that you don't want to work for that company. So there It's kind of like Japan's equivalent of Glassdoor. Yeah. .com, mm. you know. Except for and instead of fun salary advice, it's uh if you work for this company, they'll make you want to kill yourself. Side side note before we, before we get back to the large companies in Japan, the mm. large teaching companies. Um there's this funny terminology, I can't remember the term, but it means like the door on that that's that's on your way out. So like you'll have instances, it's really hard to fire a person in Japan. It's almost impossible. Yeah. So, but oftentimes the company will want to fire you, but you but you won't want to leave either because once you leave a company, it, you're viewed as being like broken or disloyal. And so it's harder to get a second job. It's really weird, but that's just how it works. So you'll have people that where the company wants to throw you out, but you don't want to leave because you know it's going to be harder for you to get another job. Mm-hmm. So they'll put you in this room that means like the room where the, where you're trying to where you're trying to be exited or whatever. And they'll make like a person with two PhDs. They'll make you stand there like in like staple papers all day. They'll just they'll, yeah. give, they'll give you jobs that will try to that will drive you to madness, and you have this like passive aggressive battle to try to. That's a real thing. Like that was one of the number one buzzwords of 2012. So probably the most important question I've seen so far in the chat is from New York Otaku, and he asks, uh, "How are the Pats going to cheat today?" Uh, you <laughs> never know. You never know. You always <laughs> got to keep your eye on Belichick. He's uh, a sneaky guy. But okay, so but a legitimate question though uh, from George in the chat is how about security work? Um, is there basically no demand for foreigners? So again, speaking to work outside of just teaching, I think um, if if I'm understanding security, like I don't know if you're like a security bouncer? guards or something, but I'm gonna take this in in a slightly different direction and maybe I'll answer the question. There are jobs that you can get with the American government in Japan. In fact, if you're in college right now, you can sign up for the Japanese embassy newsletters and they'll email you whenever they open their internship programs. Mm -hmm. And you can keep an eye out for internships with the American embassy in Japan. And of course, any government job, at least in America, I can't speak for other other countries, but any government job in America is really cushy. Like yeah. compared to a lot of other things, and yes, the embassy does hire, but a lot of times, and for obvious reasons, the embassy similarly wants people with N two or N one. I'd say if you have N two or N one level Japanese and you can pass that test, oh, yeah. you can basically get any normal job yeah. you would get here you in should, America. You shouldn't be teaching English if you're N one. Yeah, you should go get a real job where you can. Well, you, well, I shouldn't say get a real job, but get a job that pays some mad money so you can, you know, have a career, you know. Um, the other big companies in Japan that teach English, a new one that just popped up is Kokojuku. 
Yeah. Coco Juku, I've heard bad things about it, but I've but I heard bad things from a person who generally likes to complain. <laughs> so I don't know. It did sound pretty rough. Her I, her schedule sounds. I, I think it's pretty much just the just the nature of the Akaiwa beast. You're just gonna have to assume that if you're working at Akaiwa, you're gonna be like living like a vampire. You know, you get home at you eat dinner at 11 p.m., go to bed at three, wake up at like you know noon. That's just how people are that work at Akaiwa. Gabba is really big. Um, Yo, Gabba? Gabba, 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 G-A-B-A. <laughs> uh, that's another Akaiwa. So if you're trying to get an ALT job, you're going to pretty much have to go through a private a private school, which probably isn't going to hire outside of the outside of Japan or Interac. Those are pretty yeah. much your main options. What's some of the some something worth noting is there's pros and cons to getting a job at one of these big schools like Interact, Kokojuku, Gaba, where they're everywhere. Some of the pros are that they're really structured, they're really organized, they're you know solidified in their policies, and they know how to take care of their people in the sense of there's there's you know ways for them to do everything. But some of the downsides as compared to like maybe a prefectural level or even a city level like Kaiwa is that a city or prefectural level like Kaiwa, you're going to have probably a little bit more one-on-one time with people, people who are there to kind of help you and, and ready to, to help you get settled in. And there's a chance for some more flexibility, maybe minimally so, but, but there's a chance for it. So, but at the same time, you can expect some more disorganization, less policies, things like that. I really, I really recommend Interac. It's a huge company. They hire a ridiculous number of people. The turnover rate is pretty high for these jobs, so they're always trying to hire new people to fill in the gaps. They, the pay is pretty is pretty uh, it's pretty decent it's 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 decent for, for for the field and the pay is consistent it's not like some Akaiwa where your pay is different every month you'll get you have a salary they they generally treat you pretty well and because you're in a Japanese school you are treated the same as other teachers would be at the school and you're not gonna have to deal with a whole bunch of the bullshit that you, that, that you would have to put up at, at an Akaiwa I would say. For the people who are, are looking at getting a job and to think about Akaiwas, your job at an Akaiwa is not necessarily to teach people English. Your job is to make them happy. And the Akaiwa views it very similarly. Um, do you have a... You oh, I, well, I was going to bring up... I, I remember a few years back, um, there was an ALT company that, I guess it like fell apart and ended up screwing over a bunch of yeah the i forgot what was the name of that company i can't remember uh um, it was um but it was nova. a big one nova. nova yeah but it was very it was pretty large and um basically ended up taking money from a bunch of the people that I they had over there i think it's pretty it's a pretty unusual circumstance yeah right? well yeah but, well but still though you want to be cautious about which companies you're signing up with you know i'm, I'm gonna go back to chiaki's point i i I know people, I, uh, like, I know that Cram's job in Japan, his school didn't really care how much English he taught, and oftentimes he would just do crafts, like Halloween crafts with the kids and stuff. I think that's great. I wasn't like that. I ha- I was supposed to give those kids X number of hours of English every single uh, year to, to, so that the school can check the box for their 5th and 6th graders and say, oh, yeah, these kids got 40 hours of English. Mizuki, I said if you're in a, in a Kaiwa. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I well, would I would love to see Mitsugi teaching little children. That well, would just be hilarious. That's all I did and I was quite good at it, believe it or not. I'm going to pat you on the back now cause of <laughs> so, so, I had a uh, there's quite nothing there's nothing like honestly there's we're going to get to the expectations in a minute and we'll talk about it. I, I think we should skip ahead a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about the interviews. 
interviews, you know, the the things that makes a good interview here in the States or anywhere is the same thing that makes a, a good interview for Japan. You'll likely be interviewed on Skype. And this does this does not mean that you shouldn't dress up if you're interviewing on Skype. You should dress as you would for an interview for a regular interview. And that means you should wear a suit. Yeah. But you, if you're like me, you can go pantsless. Well, as long <laughs> as you don't stand up. I did that once. <laughs> I did. I, I did. I'm not lying. I was straight up in my boxers with a suit with a with a suit jacket on. It was great. And awesome. you know, this goes for everything. Even in regular interviews here in the states, go dressed up. You do not go to an interview undressed, like dressed. Undressed? Down. Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> not undressed. Well, it it depends on the interview. <laughs> I'm not um, wearing pants right now. Also, if on your resume you say that you can speak Japanese, you'll likely be required to converse at your reported level. So be yeah. honest on your resume. It'll, yeah, if you're like, oh, I'm N3, but you're really like barely N5, they're going to blow you away. Or memorize a script in Japanese. And it'll be, yeah. it'll be embarrassing, so I, I hope they stick to it. Chances, chances are that uh, if you're going for the kind of a Kiowa level and ALT level jobs, having any Japanese experience is going to give you an edge. So even if you're N5 or you're a beginner, don't be ashamed to put that just be honest about it because if you were like well maybe i'm intermediate they're gonna start talking to you and then it's just gonna make you look bad some of the schools do like it if you know a little bit of japanese but i don't think it's that important yeah but the interviews you can expect them to ask you uh some grammar questions they'll ask you the difference between like various words that have similar meanings they might ask you to get a, a good idea is to get like a whiteboard ready they may want to see like a demonstration on some kind of a board you know how you would teach this this grammar structure so it's not a horrible idea to you know brush up on some on some grammar like gerunds or something you know those types of things i mean you people should already know what a gerund is but i mean you uh, may not a gerund is a verb that ends in ing so generally uh, speaking it, it's 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 a, it's a verb that takes <laughs> the form of a noun like running i, I knew that <laughs> okay anyway so the things you learn when you're an english teacher in japan the interviews aren't that hard, really. I mean, they're, no, they're, they're not. They're nerve-wracking as shit because they're interviews and they're on Skype, which is a little bit even, which is, makes it even worse, in my opinion. But it's not so bad. But once you get the interview, I think you, there's a pretty good job, a pretty good chance you're going to get the job. That's my experience. I, I think most companies ta do two interviews. If you get the first interview, you're probably in a pool about 20 people or so. Maybe maybe 10 to 20. If you get the second interview, it's probably you and maybe one or two other people. And that's it. All right. Let's talk about the, uh, the expectations real quick because we're running out of time. Yeah. So what would you say the most important expectation is of teaching in Japan, Chucky? Go for the experience, not for the money. Because... At least, again, talking about the Ekaiwa-type jobs. The money's getting worse and worse all the time. Yeah. The in, the money in terms of how, of your life, of your quality of life in Japan hasn't changed. But if you're planning on taking money back to America or to England or wherever you're from, it's get, it's, it's, it's deteriorated a lot. I, it really has. I mean, I, I, I did some math just a second ago. I was looking at some job postings on, uh, on Gaijinpot. When you convert the yen back to the dollar, the the typical Akaiwa job is making between uh, $18,500 and $26,500. And that's before you take out, like, deductions from your salary. Is it really that much? 18500 
Yeah, I, that's I, like that's like that's six terrible. It's like six grand above. The I know. I, I line. thought it. I thought it was less though. Is what I'm saying. Jesus, Chucky, you can barely live one less than that. No, I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, good good lord. One one thing worth saying though is that for your first year when you're in Japan, you don't have to pay you, yeah. as much taxes or as much for health insurance. You'll get the national health insurance, which will be about twenty dollars a month. Now, the way that they calculate taxes and health insurance is it's calculated on the full calendar year for the fiscal year for the Japanese government prior you know your income for the prior years yeah. and the fiscal year starts and ends in April so if you get there in March you don't have to pay anything so if you went over there for this let's say you got there um May of this year 2015 you would not have to pay really Japanese taxes until April of 2017 because when April 2016 rolls around you haven't been in the country for a full calendar year yet so your taxes are still very low and then you wouldn't have to really start paying until 17 when you have been in for a full calendar year so you can save some money because of that um you won't pay almost no taxes your health insurance is like 20 dollars a month and it is very solid government health insurance but once you start staying longer say past a year um i think cram said his health insurance was about I want to say it was like 200 a month or something, maybe maybe closer to like 150. Yeah. And then his taxes were around the same. So the the difference between the first year and the second year is staggering. Yeah, it's a lot. So expect that. Now, as I as I was saying before, I think that if you're going to convert your money your yen back to whatever foreign currency you uh you 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 live like from the country you live in, you're gonna your money's just gonna get destroyed. Yeah. So I don't really think at this point you should you should even be and I think the yen's gonna weaken further, honestly, so it's just gonna get worse. But I, I really think you should just take the attitude of just spend all the money you get. Blow have, it. Have fun. <laughs> you know, go to your if you're a dude, go to your O pubs with your Japanese man buddies. So go to the arcades and spend exorbitant amounts of money in the arcades. Go on trips, you know, spend your money on like travel onsens food go eat fugu you know eat kobe beef do all that do all the expensive stuff that like a lot of people in japan don't even get to do if i had to say i would give one recommendation again for someone going there who isn't planning on getting a career job uh, in in the in the realm of kind of alt and a kaiwa teacher kind of jobs i would say find a school that has the most time off and or flexible vacation Irregardless of pay, because they're all going to be kind of in about the same range. And as Mitsugi was saying, don't plan on saving, yeah, just spend, just spend it. it. I mean, just go to Korea for a long trip. It's yep. it's like two hours yeah. flight. Um, go eat go eat Korean barbecue. Go to sumo. Do all because sumo is expensive as hell. Go to soccer games. I never I never went to any. I went to, I never went to any of the soccer games. I wanted to. I meant to. I never did. Go do that. You know any. All manners of perversion. If you're a dude, <laughs> I said it already, but just do that stuff. You know, love hotels, whatever it is, just do it. Yeah. You know, and just enjoy being there and don't worry about making a bunch of money. Just, I wouldn't recommend being one of those people that moves to Japan to teach English and you're there for like 10 years because you're just crushing, like you're never going to be able to retire. Like, yeah. if, you're, like if, if you're just skipping 10 years of work experience and, and savings, you're so, you're going to be so behind the boat by the time you get back, you're, you may regret it. I mean, I could see the year. I could see the case for staying a couple years if you plan on staying in 
ESL type teaching, um, which is English as a second yeah. language style teaching, because then it's relevant experience. Yeah. But as Mitsuki was saying, if if your if your job aspirations lie in some lie somewhere else, go have an amazing year yeah. and just plan on doing that. I even think you could stay as long as three years and be okay. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to do in Japan. You're gonna need the time, but just live it up. Don't even this like I I was saving money when I was there. But the exchange rate has gotten a lot worse since then. So I, I brought a bunch of money back. But if I was there now, I might just say F it. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. just I'd spend my money on all this crazy ass shit. I'd buy fugu and, you know, the, the, the puffer fish that costs like $100 an ounce. Eat that, you know, eat that just crap. Ball outrageous. Yeah, get a Japanese girlfriend and, and take her somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, do whatever, do the crazy things, you know. So. so before we wrap up, I figure we'll we'll ask the chat if you guys have any final questions for yeah, us. Yeah, like time for maybe one question. One, just one. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if Kazu has, has any questions sitting in his queue. But you guys can always send PMs to any of us or ask questions on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. I will answer you. I will answer your questions. Likewise, I'm I'm more than happy to answer any questions. And, you know, even if even if you're not going to work in Japan, if you're going to go spend an extended period of time in Japan and you want to know what you should see or where you should go, we've had those questions asked to us before because we've, we've traveled in the country and we've lived in the country. So we kind of know. Yeah. And my last thought would be it's not as hard as you think you might think oh my god i'll never get a job in a foreign country you will get you will get that job i've yeah. actually at this point i've never heard of a person not being able to get the job i've I'd never say, heard of it i'd say the hardest part is just sorting through all of your crap here in the states depending on how much crap you have and figuring out where you're going to store it or selling it all so that way you can get over there yeah the hardest part is getting over the fear of moving to a foreign country but you won't regret it um, uh, we do have one question here from Otaku Joe, and uh, he asks, do employers help you get housing, or are you on yeah, your own? Generally, yes. Generally, yes, um, but not always. Almost so, always, almost always. Uh, and, it, and it varies. Some employers have housing set up that you, they'll just move you into. Others will help you find a place, and others will just say, good luck. So I think 85% of them will find a house for you. 85% of them are interact, and they find a place for you. Yeah. So, so, so it seems to me the main thing that you have to do in order to get a job in Japan is get your degree. Once you have that, it's pretty much once smooth you, sailing. Once you get point. that, I think it's just a matter of time right. before you get it. Interesting. So stay in school, kids. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to take a news break, and then we're going to come back and do our impressions. We're going to be doing impressions on the following shows. Um, we're going to be doing Kofuku Graffiti, Senso, uh, Sengoku Musou, Idol Master, Cinderella Girls, and we're also going to be doing Durarara X2 and Sainai Heroin no Sodate Kata. So we'll be back in about five minutes, so stay tuned. you anime addicts, this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. For those of you who have plans to head to Japan sometime in the near future, there is a new hotel opening up that could be a glimpse into, well, the far future. The Henna Hotel, or a strange hotel in English, at Huis Ten Bosch Theme Park, which is near Nagasaki, 
is hiring some unique employees as a part of its staff. The Smart Hotel is teaming up with Kokoro, who are the makers behind Actroid Android, Aldebaran Robots, and SoftBank to hire three uniformed reception androids, four service and porter androids, an industrial arm robot to manage the coat room, and cleaning robots. These new hires will be starting in July as 72 rooms open to tenants on July 17th. Rooms will be starting at a low 7,000 yen, which is about 60 US dollars. And I'm sure that price is in part thanks to the low wages, aka free, that robots will work for. In some more intellectual news, for those of you who are fans of the acclaimed director Mamoru Oshii, or even if you're not fans, but while you're interested in the craft of anime and its history, TIFF, or the Toronto International Film Festival, Bell Lightbox, had hosted the director Mamoru Oshii last summer as part of the ongoing In Conversation With series. Now, I'm sure, like me, many of you could not make it, but if you're interested in watching the full interview, it's now available on YouTube. All one hour and 21 minutes has been uploaded, and you can listen to Oshii talk about his life, films, and career. And speaking of some anime history, there's a new Kickstarter coming out that may be something that a lot of people would be interested in. North American publisher Digital Manga has launched a Kickstarter this past week to publish Osamu Tezuka's two-volume revenge suspense manga, Alabaster, in English. The campaign has a $29,200 goal and will be ending in February 27th, so if you're listening to this show pre-recorded, you do have time to go check out the campaign on Kickstarter. In other news, for those of you who are fans in the USA of the Al Noah Zero soundtrack, a fantastic soundtrack that features 20 tracks of the score composed by Hiroyuki Sawano, who did Attack on Titan and Kill la Kill, talk about a resume right there. Anaplex of America has got your back as they have recently announced that they will be releasing the Al Noah Zero anime soundtrack. It will ship to the United States and Canada on February 10th for an MSRP of $44.98 and a sales price of $34.98. Now, I personally can only hope that this also means that it will be available on iTunes as well. Finally, in some sad Japanese music industry news, the band Vivid has recently announced quite suddenly that they will be stopping performing together after their April 29th concert. They apologize to their supporters for the sudden announcement and thank their fans. Their final tour is beginning next month. The band performed music for anime such as Bleach, Mobile Suit, Gundam Age, and Magi, The Kingdom of Magic. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey there, listeners. My name is Ray. And I'm Luke. Together we are the, the Super Hammered, Hammered Brothers. Brothers. On our podcast, we talk about video games, anime, comics, and so much more. Hit a clip from one of our episodes. Okay, think about it. When you see the old Batman movies, and they're like, Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. Ten seconds later, I get into a custom, Hey, I'm Batman. Same voice, same guy, and no one can put the two and two together. It drives me insane. For Christopher Nolan, he's like, Hey, change the voice, because you got to be different. So, Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, to Hey, I'm Batman. You gotta, you gotta do something. It's stupid, but oh, if yeah. you want to oh, stay yeah. hidden and no, you're, Zur- I did not know. But never Superman doesn't do that. All Superman does is put glasses on. Yeah. D- Hi, Clark. Yeah. D- Hi, Superman. Where, where did, where did Clark go? Have you seen him, Superman? What are you? Hey, Clark, when did you get here? Did, did you see Superman? You just see. No way, funny, no way. What the funny? One time he forgets, puts glasses on. Like, <laughs> Super Clark. 
If you're interested in hearing more from us, go to our website, superhammeredbros.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, we are the Super Hammered Bros, and we hope you will geek out with us. And we're back to episode 262 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Hope you guys are still with us. I guess if you're still listening, I guess you are. Let's kick this thing off. Let's not delay too long. Uh, Super Bowls were just around the corner, so we want to make sure we're done by then. <laughs> so I only have one impression to do, so I kind of recommend that you guys start first. I'll go first. Okay. 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 You're, thank you for being uh, for taking the initiative on that. You are very welcome. So my first anime that I'm going to be talking about is Kohuku Graffiti. And Kohuku Graffiti is roughly translated as Gourmet Graffiti or Gourmet Girl Graffiti. Oh, I remember this one. And this was one that I was actually kind of excited about because based on the synopsis, I was kind of excited for food porn, the anime. So one more time, the the general synopsis of the show is it follows the story of Ryo, who's a middle school girl who lives by herself. One of those ever cliche anime tropes of for some reason this middle this middle school student is totally cool to live by themselves their parents just have jobs overseas and they're just like okay yeah something that never happens ever in japan you can live alone (laughs) and i don't know who these parents are but i definitely have yet to meet them um i think she was living with her grandmother for a while and then her grandmother passed away and So the show starts out with her basically lamenting about how her cooking doesn't taste good, especially compared to her grandma's. Um, But she quickly discovers that her cooking problems were not in the fact of her ability, but in the fact that she was sad. And cooking is best enjoyed by other people. Makes no sense at all. What? Uh, What? I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. So was she crying into her batter? <laughs> no, she wasn't crying, but it was that whole like food tastes best when it's shared type of of thing. So miraculously, this other girl comes to stay with her for at least a good portion of the time, whose name is Kiden uh, Morino. And Morino is a young girl who is going to be studying at um, Ryo's middle school with her. And she's very much like... I'm going to I'm going to be a big kid and fit in with the big kids. And sometimes the show the show really feels like I had to keep reminding myself that Yo was a a middle schooler because she honestly she kind of felt like a college student to me, like the way that she acted and the way um that uh, Morino interacted with her because there were these moments where they were like out on a picnic and Morino would be like, "Oh, they're so grown up." type of thing. Um and whatnot and I was like really they're middle schoolers like they just seem to interact like college students so what I was kind of expecting and hoping for was a show about preparing food and loving food and everything like that and it is that but it's not food porn the anime in other words like oh my god food I it's more rub like this pasta all over my body <laughs> it's more like porn with food whoa wait the what? anime <laughs> hold on now <laughs> we're like for example the anime will be like 
I don't know, just your average animation or something. But then they go to eat something and like it's sparkly and everything is perfectly animated and like her lips move so slowly. And all of a sudden, all the girls got lip jobs uh. the second they're taking a bite. Like their lips are like really plump and, and they like take a bite of something and they're like, oh, oh, like that kind of God. thing. <laughs> and they're like, it tastes. Mm. Uh, it's so weird i gotta take these headphones and off <laughs> <laughs> and they'll have like they'll also have like awkward narration where they're like oh the runniness of the yolk the tanginess of the ketchup the feeling of the rice on my tongue it's just oh <laughs> and they'll have like these little like like kind of pornographic moments <laughs> like they're having like food gasms yeah i think it's but but it's not n- like n- now let me ask you a question real quick okay is it all ob- are, are they really are, th- are they going for that oh yes so basically this is they're trying to be etchy oh yes this Man. is this is awkward because it's not like when I watch like the food channel on TV and I see someone making food and I'm like you see Emerald and he's <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> like, rub this this, this, rub this, this pesto on my nipples <laughs> like like it's one of those things where where it's not like a food channel where you're watching someone make food and like your excitement comes from the food where you're sitting there going oh my god that looks really good and I want to put it in me right now. <laughs> <laughs> You okay? Wow. Kazuo just <laughs> lost his shit. Um, what? <laughs> like, this is like the opposite version of that, where it's like more of the, I'm eating food, don't you want to put it in me? Like, that's the distinction between like food porn, like as in the, the food channel food porn, and food porn as in kofugu graffiti. Um, so... <laughs> So this this definitely but but it's weird. It's really weird because it's almost like these moments are completely out of place. Like the interactions of the girls like otherwise. There's actually some sweet moments. Like there's this moment where her her parents send her a package of Japanese rice and they sent it from America. And she's like, "What the heck? Why would you send me Japanese rice from America and pay the shipping and the hassle of doing that?" And it was because her mom felt bad that she wasn't there to prepare food for her and cook for her. And she was like, you know, honey, we're proud of you. And, and, you know, here's some food and we hope you enjoy it type of thing. And so there's like, there's these little like sweet moments mixed in. And then there's also like, what the hell, what are we watching right now? Um, so it's, it's definitely a very strange anime. It's not what I was expecting. I really kind of hoped for like, now we're going to prepare ramen in this episode and almost like semi educational. This is just moe girls eating food. Um, and so, and like being oddly sexualized, like it's almost uncomfortable to watch. It's almost like you're like, uh, I, I need an adult. <laughs> um, so I, I, this is, this is not going to pass. <laughs> what? we've got here is a piece of shit that's amazing yeah. what, a, what a show it it you know i think well, the show, special. god bless you japan <laughs> i think the show i'm trying to find out if it is or not i feel like i looked it up and the show was 24 episodes also what and i was like I oh have, i have it up oh right. no no no! it's 12 it's 12 I have it, okay yeah yeah no thank god but even <laughs> still even at 12 that's that's 12 too many okay thank you Wonderful. Wow. Food porn. You're welcome. That sounds awesome. <sighs> I feel like we all learned something today. 
I know I did. I feel like that's an anime where once you've seen the first episode, you don't even need to watch anymore. Just watch the first episode over and over again. If you're trying to, like, get your... If you're trying to get off on listening to girls moan while they eat food. On middle school girls. It's uh, it's really awkward. I feel like I need to show you guys clips from nope. this anime. Do not need to do that. If it makes you feel better, just, uh, just, turn, just turn your screen off on your laptop and just listen to their voices because they're probably, like, 35-year-old women doing the voices anyway. That's so. true. Oh. So then you don't have to feel like a pervert. Okay, I see that uh, Kazo has loaded up Sengoku Musou on oh. his, on his uh, computer. I sure have. So let's wow. talk about it. Yeah, let's do. Uh, Sengoku Musuo. Yet another Sengoku period anime. Yes, and I believe it's based off of the Sengoku Basara games, is it not? I don't recall. Who knows? Who knows? Although I'm going to look up how many of these Sengoku anime there are. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's quite a few. Um, so the show is about, well, it's a little, it's, it's a little convoluted. There's a ton of characters, so it's kind of hard to keep track of who's who. So for the sake of that, I'm probably not going to say names. I'll just, you know, explain who they are. Um, first you have Hideyoshi, who is like this ruler guy, and he's trying to unify Japan. Um, so episode one, they start off, they're in this battle. Um, they're trying to storm this castle type area. And they've been holding out, waiting for them to run low on food and supplies. And then they're going to go in there and get them once they, you know, break their will. Um, so let's see. I'll pull up the synopsis here. Um, so Hideyoshi personally trained generals. There's a whole bunch of generals. Uh, they're on the front line of battle. Amidst the battle formation, there are two young warriors of the Sonata household. They're Let me guess. Are they also really hot? Well, that's the two of them right there. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, but yeah. pretty hot. Um, one of them is the younger brother. Uh, his name is Yuki Mura, and the older brother is uh, Nobuyuki. Younger brother is is has is a brunette and very um, very noble and righteous and does the right thing all the time. Older brother is very stoic. He has he has the the silver hair like every stoic two, serious. Two households both alike in dis- dignity in Fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Um, no, it's not anything like Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, so these brothers are working for this, I guess, king or whatever you would call him. Um, the younger one, as, as I mentioned, is very noble and always wants to do the right thing. And so he charges in to take over the, the city or the castle for this ruler. Um, episode one ends with them succeeding. So that's kind of what happens at the very beginning. Um, episode two uh let's see here da, 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 da. a bunch of conversation uh convoluted stuff happens with various clans and feudal lords oh, of course and, uh something uh, there's there's something like a civil war that's about to break out um reason bo- reason why is because the king that they were working for basically dies he, he, well he does die like immediately um so so, so of course Kazuo, this is one of those anime right where like where the politics of the of the uh of the story, of the politics of the time period are totally overshadowed by the action scenes. So you're like, I don't understand what the hell's happening. Yeah. Because <laughs> how the hell could you? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so uh, after the king dies and his the, his generals are left over, they kind of split up at some point and they, you know, they're they're trying to decide the best way to, con- to take over and control all of Japan. Um, and the younger brother ends up on one side, older brother ends up on another side. Wow, what do, what do you know? Who'd have thought? Um, so that happens in episode two. Episode three 
is when the battles kind battle kinds of, kind of begins at that point. Um, the main the main general on the I'm just gonna call it the good and the bad side. Okay, the younger brothers on the good side, older brothers on the bad side. Even though eh, there's probably some some more to it than just you know black and white. So the main general on the quote bad side um, has someone working for him. I think it's his son, and he's like, "Hey, we need you to. We're gonna split up. We need you to take these guys and go here." And the son's like, "Yeah, cool, no problem." Uh, except then he decides that he wants to attack the castle that the younger brother is in and is defending. And I think it's the Sonata Castle, the castle that both brothers grew up in. Or not grew up in, they built together. They're battling over the homeland. Yeah, and so this loser guy is like, oh, I'm going to take over this castle just to to one-up whatever. And the younger brother ends up just totally owning him and um, outsmarting <laughs> him and stuff like that. That sucks. Um, there's... It, it, it's as you mentioned. It's it's one of those shows where it's, there, there's just a bunch of stuff going political, you know, jibber jabber. Just the stuff that they're talking about that you don't really know what's going on. It doesn't really matter. There's all these just different clans and their you know civil wars and whatnot. Um, I, I it feels like the main the crux of the story is going to be based on these two brothers and you know fighting each other and then possibly coming together in the end. I would assume. Um, overall, I would say the show is mediocre at best. Uh, there's just nothing really special about it. The story's pretty basic, and it's been told a million times. The characters are so far uninteresting. Um, you know, they're very, I don't know, they're just uninteresting. Like, like you meet all these generals, and they're all, they have no personality, um, including the main characters. Um, let's see, what else do I have on here? The animation isn't terrible, but it leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, the action sequences are basically just still images with like speed lines and stuff like that you know what i'm talking about like whenever there's like a you know a, a guy going through you know running in one direction and you just see Im- like a speed line thing behind him and there's nothing really going on what the hell is a speed the, line you know you know what i'm talking about like no, the lines know. in one particular direction to indicate movement oh okay yeah, like to, to make it look like he's moving fast yeah yeah, yeah. and so cheap, in other words they're cheap animation yeah it's cheap animation um and oh and Basically, if you're not a main character, you're just a copy-paste image of everyone else. And I have a screenshot here if you guys want to peek over to my screen. <laughs> and there's uh, so for those oh for those listening in the chat, it's one of it's the younger brother and he's he's speaking to his soldiers. And so you see what is that probably like 10 as like 15, 15 soldiers, or 15 or 20 and guys. they are exactly the same person. Yeah, all their faces are identical. <laughs> so basically, if you're not a main character, you're going to be, be a copy paste image of everybody oh my else. God, I don't know. So it looks cheap. like they they, you know, maybe shrunk some of their faces or something. Yeah, some of them could be a little longer. So <laughs> yeah, they, look, they look pretty similar to me. So the animation is, as you mentioned, cheap uh, would probably be the best way to describe it. It's not terrible um but it's just not it's not the good animation is awful exactly john lovitz <laughs> i couldn't have said it better myself um so overall I, I just i can't pass this show i mean it's only gonna be 12 episodes but man these shows always suck it's just there's nothing special about it i wish there was because i'd love to see an interesting story about you know yeah nobunaga concerto yeah that's true that, it, it was good yeah it really was so yeah this this uh the show is gonna fail the animation is awful. They just recycled mouth movements without moving the characters. It's awful, I tell you. Awful. Wow. Doe for two. Yep. Wow. It's going to be one of those Line days. Line them up and knock them down. 
Okay, so I guess I'm going next, even though I only have one to do today. Um, I am doing Idolmaster Cinderella Girls, which people are like, what? Mitsugi's doing a idol, an idol show? Cinderella Girls, what? But uh, yeah, it's, believe it or not, it's true. This anime is directed by a woman. It's amazing. Her name is Noriko Takao. And let's see, has she done anything else? She's done a ton of episode directing. She directed Saint Onisan. Never heard of that. Uh, she, uh, she did a. She directed. I've heard of Saint Onisan. Oh, have you? I have, but I don't remember much about it. She directed the Haruhi Suzumiya movie, um, mm. which means that this anime is probably going to be 600 episodes long. For those of you that don't know, that's because the Haruhi Suzumiya movie is the longest anime movie ever made. Is so, it? It is. It's like it's like two hours and 28 minutes or something. It's oh, wow. freakish. So, okay. Anyway, Cinderella Girls is the story of three girls. Their names are... I should say it starts out with three girls. Uzuki Shimamura, Rin Shibuya, and Mio Honda. And it's... It, the anime starts out with... Um, they're trying to develop this idol group called the Cinderella Project. So, like, in Japan, you have AKB48, you have NMB48, SKE48, all this bullshit, right? But, so this is what they're doing. It's the same general idea. Um, we saw it in Wake Up Girls also last year where you had, like, I can't remember the name of the group, the, the bad guy group in Wake, and from Wake Up Girls. Maybe maybe Chiaki knows. Do you remember the name of the group? Uh, something, corp- <laughs> something corporation or something. Anyway, so this guy, th- this recruiter, is walking around. His name is Producer. He doesn't even have a name. His name is Oh, Pro- wow. His name is Producer. Okay. <laughs> but he's walking around, and he's trying to fill out the roster for the Cinderella Girls Project because they've got, like, you know, almost everybody that they need to launch just to, to have all the, all the girls. Mm-hmm. But they need about three more. So it starts out, the first couple episodes, is him trying to, trying to bring these other girls into the fold, and he has quite a hard time with, uh, with uh, Din Shibuya. She's sort of like the, 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 the Sundere girl, so of course she's really hard to, to get like on board. She refuses him for like two straight weeks. The guy starts getting in trouble because they think that he's, like, the police start noticing that he's at the same stoplight every day harassing her, you know, trying to get her to take his business card. And he's not really a harassing type of guy. He's the kind of character that has, like, a serious frowny face, square head, tall, young, doesn't say anything, always looks angry. Kind of like a, a Zenigata type okay. from, from Lupin the Third. You know, mm-hmm. he looks he's way really, really serious, never smiles, never laughs, never shows any emotion. And then you have Uzuki Shimamura, who's the first girl that he recruits, and she basically accepts immediately. And she's so goddamn annoying. She... She's like hyper Genki, and and her her tagline everything is oh yeah hi Gambarimas. She says she says Gambarimas like I would say twenty five times in the first episode. Honestly, that's what it felt like. So everything's oh my god I'll do my best. It really drives me crazy. The third girl they recruit is Honda is Mio Honda, and uh, she's like a, she's also like a hyper ganky girl, but you know she, her her process of being recruited isn't isn't quite as covered. By the second episode, they're introducing the uh, the two girls to or the three girls to the rest of the of the Cinderella project, and you have and they've hit on a bunch of tropes with the girl group. You have uh, I'm not gonna say all their names, but you have like the overly cute girl, 
the the sporty girl who likes to try to climb trees, the girl who acts like she's a cat all the time, the girl that has ex- lots of accessories, the uh, the really plain high school gr- girl in the high school uniform. You've got the a Russian foreign girl. So it seems like that's like a thing lately with these like girl girl shows. Hey, I've got a foreign girl in my show too. Do you? Yeah. Um, a slightly overweight girl that bakes sweets. A rock, a punk rocker girl, a girl with pigtails who's overly shy, a gothic Lolita girl, uh, and then you have this little tiny girl who's like five years younger than all the rest of them, and she, all she does is sleep all the time. She's so young that she's still like sleeping off her baby sleep. It's ridiculous, and she's always carrying <laughs> wow. like a stuffed animal. Okay. Um, now, at this point, the show sounds like a sack of dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how a you really sack. feel. Um, the... Uh, this anime takes the opposite approach that Wake Up Girls did. So Wake Up Girls, we'll remember, was kind of about how hard it is to be an idol and how hard it is to get started and be, become fam- become famous and how you always, you're always getting like destroyed and shot down by the more popular idol groups. Well, this anime is the opposite approach. This is more about the glamour and the glory of being a successful idol. So in the second episode, they're doing things like having a photo shoot you know, so they can introduce all the girls that are on the project so they're doing their photo shoot together and you know running around the uh the corporate building and seeing all the cool stuff that that's there for all the girls like there's like a massage parlor uh, sports equipment all this all this magical stuff that they're discovering you're constantly running into girls that have already been idols for years and they're like oh my god that's i don't know that's suzuki uh ryoko or something and she's so famous oh my god i love her and oh my god that's so and so Shimamura she's so sexy you know it's uh like that and they do some training cuz a lot of the a lot of these first three girls are raw they're totally raw they don't have any Rin has no training at all she doesn't have any dancing she doesn't have any singing like the one girl who says gambari mas she was at least already in school to be an idol like dancing and singing and acting and all that crap so she was already like somewhere some she already made some progress but Rin has to have a lot of practice done because there's a concert coming up and they want to introduce the Cinderella girls in the concert. So it took us a while to get to the first perf- well actually that's I guess the first performance in Wake Up Girls was the first episode was it not? Yeah, they had a performance in the first episode. But I think we had to wait quite a while for the second one, didn't we? Was it all the a way was it all the way bit of time. Was it all the way until the end? Mm. Like they had some little tiny ones that failed <coughs> along the way, but was it all the way until the end, I guess. I don't know. But the, the the bottom line is that by the end of episode three, they've had a full-fledged concert um, with in some Cinderella girls, and it's got, like, you know, the the three girls that I talked about that are new, they end up being the backup dancers for this one main girl who's already super famous. And they're talking about how, you know, here's some techniques to help you with your nervousness. And then they have that moment where where they jump out, where they get they springboard out of the floor you know their first like moment on stage in front of a hundred thousand people or whatever it's just like an ocean of light sticks glow sticks you know and you see like you see the looks on their faces as they come up out of the floor and it's just like total i don't know euphoria or whatever it is total amazement that like they're they're having a new life that's like being unfolded before them as they jump out and then they start dancing and doing their moves correctly and everyone's really relieved because they don't know if they're going to be able to do it properly and the producer sighs a huge sigh of relief and then at the end, after the concert, it's only about four minutes, four or five minutes. They, you know, they ask, 
the one gr- the famous girl asks the three backup dancer girls, you know, how was it? And they go, psycho! You know, it's like the greatest thing ever. It was so amazing. Everyone cheers. So it really is like the more the glamour side of I- of being an idol. I I don't really know what, what I don't really know what the angle is that the show is going to take. I haven't seen the prior Idol Master shows. I don't see there being like a lot of dark hardship in the show, to be honest. I think it's probably just going to be about their rise to stardom and then it'll just end abruptly. But I actually think it's it's pretty good actually. I I, I think that it's uh it's actually I think it's not as good as Wake Up Girls, but it's almost as good. It's it's sim- it's just a little bit less good. It's less serious, I think, and that's why I don't like it as much. But it's a pretty good show, and it's certainly one of the better shows I've got this season. So I'm gonna pass Idolmaster. I think that it's uh, it's not suffocatingly moe. It's not it's not making me want to blow my brains out. Um, the girls are cute, but it's not it's not smotheringly so. What? <laughs> hey, no, it isn't. Hey, hey, Kazuo. Huh? I'll rock paper scissors you right now on which one of us has to watch that. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I think from well from what I've seen on, on one two three. So on three or one two three go. Like you like rock it, paper scissors guys. one two three. All right. Are okay. you gonna do it on shoot? Ready? Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Ha! You gotta watch that. Yes. Oh my god. So basically, you just expressed <laughs> for several minutes how bad this show is, and then in the end said, "But it's good." No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't say. I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> you mentioned all I, these bad I, things I, I about it. About how, <laughs> I talked about how the girls were mostly like trope girls, and then I talked about how they're like like showing how glamorous the idol industry is and how magical it is for the girls who got on stage. I'm telling you right now, you're you, you're you're better off watching this than Assassination Classroom because this thing's only going to be 12 episodes, and it's and it goes quick. Sashin Ace in Classroom, you're going to suffer for six months. He does have a point there. Uh, I guarantee true. you. I think I would put this, I would say I enjoyed this anime more than Assassination Classroom. It's, Ooh, it's, it's that's le- a strong statement. It's less episodic. Every episode of Assassination Classroom is just the same crap with another student who has trouble. Okay. I'll so give, you're um, better yeah. off watching this one, to be honest. I will like give this, it an honest shot. By the end, by the end of the season, this anime could suck, and Assassination Classroom might be the bed, might be a five out of five. I don't know, but right now, you're better off watching the short one, trust me. Hmm. That's what I think. People in the chat are questioning your loyalty to the, to the church for passing this one. Ooh. Ooh. I don't have to have I don't have to listen to my to my to my morals and loyalty to my own <laughs> to my own following. <laughs> All right. Well, my You hate us cuz you ain't us. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> they hate us cuz they, they ain't us. us. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that was actually a pretty funny movie. I'm passing Idol Master. Live with it. All right. Uh, My next show is probably, I'm going to go on record saying, probably one of the, probably the most anticipated show of this season. And that is Dudadada X2. Or it is the second season of Dudadada, which came out originally back in, oh God, when did Dudadada came out? 2010. Um,. This is the second season coming out now, and it's going to be a three-core, I think was what everyone said. So there is going to be some content that is coming behind this. And I I believe it's expected to be back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I don't think it's going to be like an Attack on Titan where they have a long period of time between the shows. But it it does have some some sh- content there that it's going to draw off of. And that content comes in the form of the light novel series started in 2004 and ran until 2014. So it just finished last year, 
with 13 volumes. The manga started in 2009 and is still ongoing with nine volumes. And there's also another manga, Da 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 Three Way Standoff, that is still going on. And another Da 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 Light Novel, Da 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 SH, that is still ongoing. So they have a lot to draw from since the original source material. So Dudadada X2 takes place after the first season from everything that I've been able to ascertain. And it tells the story of the same cast with some new additions to it. And Dudadada is made by the same people who made Bacano. And the way that this series works is it it really is grounded in the characters. And I'm bringing that up now because I'm not going to have as strict of a plot summary as what I normally would based off of the first couple episodes because Dudadada is a very character-based show and a character-driven show. You have a lot of really interesting stories that overlap between the characters. Overall, it takes place in Ikebukuro, Tokyo. And you kind of have these people who are in different groups and meet and part and interact with each other and there's a heavy element of supernatural so you have um one of the most iconic characters is selty and selty is basically think of the headless horseman but a modern day version where she is a motorcycle rider and her motorcycle can transform into a horse and she has no head yeah. if she takes off of her her cat-eared kind of riding helmet she has okay. no head question Answer. So, is Celti's motorcycle as cool or less cool? Is it more or less cool than uh, than Kaneda's motorcycle from, from from Akira? Oh well, come on now. I'm just, I, this is an honest question. I've never watched it. Da, da, da. You know, I'm in my personal opinion, it's more cool. Really? Because it can transform into a horse and run up the side uh, of a building. Okay. It, I mean, it, that's pretty cool. Kaneda's motorcycle is legendary. I'm not saying as far as looks or iconicness, but in functionality. Celti's motorcycle is pretty cool. badass. Question. Okay. Is Celti's motorcycle more or less cool than Lightning's motorcycle from Final Fantasy oh, X2? Well, fine. Lightning's motorcycle from X2, isn't it that Xeon or whatever? It turns into Odin. Or Odin, that's right. So that's technically a horse in X2, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that means Lightning wins because Odin's got to be cooler than some random horse. Okay, we'll go We'll go with that. Wow. It, the logic seems as good as any. You heard it here first. Wow. So as I mentioned when I was giving him um, my original pick of this show, I have not seen the first season of Dudadada. It was a 12-episode 12 12 show, one core, as I mentioned, that started back in uh, 2010. Oh, sorry. It was 26. Sorry, 26 episodes. So that would make it. Anyways. Um but I did not watch it. This was actually one of Kimiko's anime. For those of you who have stuck around on the show long enough to know who Kimiko is, she was a past host. Who's and that? Who's Kimiko? She was a past host. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what she just said. I can barely remember. Thank you for backing me up on that, Coswell. She will be missed. She will be missed. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe <laughs> eventually. I'm may, still working on that. May, may she rest um, in peace. Yep. No, no, no. She's fine, guys. <laughs> she's just busy. She's working. It's um, so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to yesterday. <laughs> I can't remember. Actually, I can't remember if this was Kimiko's or Hatake's anime, but they were both enthralled with it. They cosplayed it. And of course, you know, in hanging out with them, I saw a couple episodes of the original. I was really involved in the characters and who they were and heard all about how they kind of connected. So I didn't go into this show with a 
This is for Kimiko. We didn't know. No, no, no. I'm gonna pour record, one out for my homie. Okay, just lost in the struggle. Record scratch sound. <laughs> we. She's fine. Um. So I spoke with Kimiko and Hatsuke a lot about this anime, and I I picked up on the characters and their interactions with each other. And so far in Durarara X2, I haven't felt lost at all. And I actually, you know, I've been so comfortable with the story that I actually went on the forums and I asked, you know, a podcast forward slash forum. I asked everybody, hey, am I crazy for the fact that I don't feel lost? I don't feel like I've missed anything because I know it is a direct sequel. And most of the people on the forum said, you know, as long as you understand the characters and, and who they are and how they relate to each other, that's really the most important thing because like Bacano, again, and as I said at the start, this is a character driven show. It's less about, you know, some grand plot line and more about all of these series of events that leads up to other series of events happening. As a result of that, throughout the episodes, you'll have a lot of time skips. So... The first episode starts with Selty and she's trying to escape like the press and the paparazzi and you know she drives up the side of a building and she sends this like black glider to send them in the wrong direction and the second episode is almost the second and even some of the third is filled with a bunch of events that kind of brought her to that point so it starts out with something that just happened shortly after that then it rewinds and says and then you watch the majority of the episode basically with the events leading up for here are the, what these other characters were doing and how they eventually cross paths with Selty as she is going on that timeline. And then that's my that's my fast forward and rewind <laughs> wait, noise. Oh wait, so it's the same noise? It's and oh, oh I see. You know, very different. Right, right. Um, and then you're back in the present and maybe you move a little bit forward. So... The timeline is the only thing so far. This was another post I made on the forums asking people and making sure that I was, you know, in the right mindset. I haven't felt lost a lot of times with these anime that prevent or sorry, that present time in kind of a little bit of a mixed up fashion or do a lot of flashbacks. You can feel a little confused with, okay, what order of events is the real order of events? But they do a really good job of explaining kind of of grounding you with major events of everything about a character if it's a flashback leads up to some point in an original event that you're like okay now I know where I am in this timeline and so that's really really interesting the characters are fantastic the animation is really great it's a little bit of a quirky style but not enough that I think would turn people off the line art is fairly interesting for Dudadada X2 and the music is great and as I was saying you know when we were doing our top 20 you got to praise anime that have a really strong sense of self and a really strong style and this is an anime that fires on all cylinders with that it looks great it has some action it has some you know quick jolts and shock moments it has characters that you're really interested in if you don't like a particular character chances are you won't have another like 15 20 minutes with them in for a while because they're gonna have to cycle through events with other characters so I really recommend this show and, and surprisingly I feel like this is a show that I can actually recommend to people if they haven't seen the first season. Now I would still recommend if you have the time watch the first season because if you're not like me and you don't have a bunch of anime on your plate I always think it's better to start with the first season but I'm not lost and I didn't see the first season going into it and actually 
if you do start at the second season, go to aapodcast.com forward slash forum. In our anime discussion forum, I started a topic, da 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 x2. And Shizuo, one of our listeners, posted a really great kind of quick hit background on all of the characters and their relations to each other. And that's a really great cheat sheet. So this one I'm going to pass. I know it's going to be a little bit of a longer show. So, but it sounds good. But it, but it is it is very good. I'm I'm up through episode four and I'm really enjoying it. And and I'm I'm keeping up with it, which is always a good sign. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that, because our next impression, <laughs> <laughs> segue, <laughs> is of Senai heroine no sodatekata. <laughs> eh, not so bad. Uh, what's that? So I said it wasn't so bad. Oh, me pronouncing it? Yeah, that's a rough one. Ah, so this show is, uh, let's look at the synopsis here. The Life of Tomoyo Aki, a high school otaku working part-time to support his BD hoarding. With remarkable luck, he bumps headfirst into Megumi Kato, the most beautiful girl he has ever seen. Naturally. Ever, ever, apparently. I mean, wow. He hasn't seen a lot of girls. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Naturally. The meeting twists his life into a complicated torrent of relationships. Eridi Spencer Sawamura, the half for- his half-foreigner childhood friend, who has always valued her relationship with main- the main character. Uh, also, Kasumigaoka Utaha, a cold, composed, renowned literary genius who shoves everyone aside from our protagonist. Uh, what is this? An Aroge introduction? That's what it says here. Um... So, okay, so you have the main character who, as we mentioned, is an otaku. He's trying to make his own, um, what do you call it? A, crap, what's the word? Uh, game, relationship. A dating dating sim? sim? Kind of, yeah, like a dating sim or something like that. Um, You have him. There's, obviously, it's like a harem anime, so there's a bunch of girls. Um, Let's look at my notes here. So there's actually four episodes to this because there was an episode zero. Um, I watched episode zero, and um, I I wouldn't recommend watching episode zero. Epi- episode zero, like, did they really need that? Yeah, episode. Is there, is there that much exposition? <laughs> well, speaking of exposition, there is actually there there's there's this chick you're looking at in this picture is pretty hot. Who's this? Uh, this one is his cousin. Um, oh, that's trouble. Which is hilarious because in episode zero, there's mo- a moment where they are in a very peculiar situation. And that's his cousin. But whatever. Why am I not surprised? I'm not judging. I didn't know Japanese girls had, had double D fair, tits with a 24-inch To be waist. fair, he is in that particular situation with every girl. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, it's a harem. Uh, the first ep- – they're episode zero. They're at a um, – I believe it starts off there in a sauna. Holy shit. <laughs> with the girls? Well, he's in the boy side. They're all in the girl side posing and stuff like that. And uh, Let me guess. Somehow they share a wall that's, yep, that only goes halfway. Yeah, there's a wall in between them. Oh, my um, God. So that happens. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're in this particular part of town, and they're trying to come up with ideas for the game or whatever it is he's making. And uh, it's, it's, it basically just seems like they're trying to find as many excuses as possible to put them in compromising situations. Like, how can we get these girls to take their clothes off? And how can we get them to fall on this guy and to, you know, hold this guy close and do well, other perverted things with are this they, guy? Are, are they all as hot as, that, as, that, as his cousin? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they're all, I mean, they're supposed, they're, they're made to be attractive. They're built well. Yeah. They're built to sell. That's kind of the, that's the point of the show, really. Built to sell figures. Um, 
so where was I? Oh, here, here's my notes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, so they, yeah, they go to the sauna. They try to look for scenes. Uh, they um, play ping pong, and all of this stuff happens. Oh, they also rape him, and then they go for a nice moonlit wait, stroll. Wait, wait, what? Um, all this stuff. What? Oh, they, they played ping pong, and then they um, went for a moonlight stroll, and they raped him. They raped what? him. <laughs> what? What? I missed. So, so they raped him before or uh, after the midnight stroll? That was before. So before or after ping pong? After ping pong. So, so, some, wait, so, so, some, <laughs> so sometime between the events of ping pong and midnight strolling, there was a rape? There was a, well, uh, yes, I would say so. I mean. Th- and he was just like, all right, let's go on a midnight was, stroll now was, that the rape is taken. In their care defense, of. it was more of a molestation than a rape. They molested him. Basically, yeah. Girls in Japan aren't this horny. <laughs> so Let me tell you, the statistics say otherwise. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, this the whole episode zero was how can we get them to take their clothes off as much as possible and how can we get them to grab at him in ways that are inappropriate as much as possible. So, that was episode zero. Um, episode one actually kind of goes back. Episode zero was in the future where he knows all these girls. Episode one takes it back to the very beginning where he's on his way to school. And uh, he's walking, and it's windy, and there are uh, uh, cherry blossom leaves falling in the wind. And he sees a hat roll by him, and he goes to pick it up, and he looks up the hill, and there's this, you know, beautiful girl or whatever. Hey, hey, Kazuo. Yep. Do you ever feel like a paper bag blowing through the wind? Oh, jeez. Wanting to start again? She's going to be on, on the Patriots halftime show. Oh, wow. That's you better hurry up, or we're not going to see kickoff. And, oh, you're right. Okay, so anyways, uh, sees a cute girl, blah, 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 goes to school. I literally wrote blah, blah, blah on my <laughs> notes. See, he just really does say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so there's, it's, it's in there a few times. Um, so he, he goes to school, whatever. That's kind of the crux of episode one. Episode two, he, try, he tries to get all these different girls to join him in helping him uh, in his endeavors. So he, he has a girl who's a really good writer, and he wants her to write for him. He has a girl who's a really good artist, wants her to do art for him. Um, he actually ends up meeting the plain girl, well, this girl that the, I just spoilers, uh, the girl that he saw at the top of the hill, it turns out she's a very plain girl and he's like, what? No, but you were so beautiful at the top of the hill that one moment. So it becomes kind of his mission to make her into like his main character. Um, uh, yeah, he gets up here. He gets upset that, you know, she doesn't follow the Moe tropes and all that stuff. Um, so he kind his, his whole point is to, to make her that, uh, episode oh no no okay so it's still in episode two she ends up going over to his place and they play a dating sim video game and he's trying to teach her like oh this is how this works and all that stuff and um and she kind of gets into it after a while uh episode three again blah 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 the plane girl goes on <laughs> vacation <laughs> and he's having trouble thinking of anything the plane crashes and dies <laughs> she, oh, no, she, she she is plain yeah she is plain okay and but she uh, has nice legs right I, I don't know. I wasn't paying. Uh, yes, well, yes. Well, if she's in this photo I'm looking at right here, they all have nice legs. And they all <laughs> have... <laughs> Music is like, it was a trick question. They all <laughs> look, have nice look, legs. Look, it's a, harem, it's a harem anime, but at least unlike Love Hina, where half the girls are just so-so looking, all the girls in this anime look freakishly hot. Well, yeah, well that's one that's thing. One thing I will say about the show is the animation is very good. It's, yeah, very, very pretty animation overall. Um, so the girl goes on vacation. The boy is having trouble coming up with ideas for the thing that he's trying to write. And um, the other girls end up helping the plain girl to be more like the heroine in this dating sim game and all that stuff. Um, gosh, this show. Again, animation, very pretty. Beautiful animation. Every character is pretty much your standard, what do they call them, dede characters? 
like the uh, dip Sundere. Sundere. Yeah, um, they're basically those. It's it's basically all all of them so are they're tropes. One, yeah, they're all tropes. They all fit into one of those categories. One interesting thing about the show is that it has very self-reverential humor uh, and, and commentary. Like they talk a lot about like there's a moment on the train. They're on a train, and one of the girls or the main character is like. Uh, giving exposition and he's like talking about what's going on and the girl kind of turns to him and she's like that's a terrible way to tell everybody what's going on you should have the characters have a conversation where they discuss what's happening and like so they have a conversation where they discuss what's happening so it's kind of like commenting on itself um so that's kind of interesting but they do that constantly that's basically the whole joke of the show is hey we're going to comment on what's going on is this like one of those shows that has a joke and they just beat it to death it has a couple. Joke number one is we're going to comment on crappy Moe shows, but we are a crappy Moe show. <laughs> uh, joke number two is this girl is so plain and we have to make her more Moe for this guy to like her. Um, I, I don't know if that's How a joke. How old are these girls? They're in high school. Okay. So they are in high school. Um, yeah, they're I'm going to really say hot. in episode zero, and this is how I kind of want to conclude this. In episode zero, there is a line that is delivered by one of the main characters. I think it's the first line of the show, as a matter of fact, where she asks, isn't that a lame harem anime that was packed with panty shots and nudity right from episode one? I'm ashamed that I stuck with it through episode three. And I agree. <laughs> that actually, someone actually said that? She, that's the first line of the show. And I am failing this anime. Oh, no, I don't have my fail drop ready. Oh, somewhere. no. You shall not... Pass. <laughs> I don't know, me or Gandalf. It's pretty yeah. close. You, I mean, obviously, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of hate for failing this show from the people that have no taste and just like. <laughs> uh, Ouch, I'm sorry. I'm keeping it real. Like, if you, if if all you care about is cute, shallow characters, and that's it, and harem, and that's. This is for you. Have at it. Have a blast. But if you like quality and story and character development and interesting, you know, things occurring in your show, this might not be the one for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's close to kickoff. Well, 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 I got destroyed for failing Maho Kako Kono Retose. I got buried for that. Oh. That one where that girl, the girl, like, rapes her brother while he's passed out. Yeah. Anyway. What? Whatever. That, you don't remember that? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, the Super Bowl is getting ready to kick off, so awesome. I guess we're going to kick off, too. So it looks like we passed two anime, Dudadada X2 and Idolmaster, which uh, I guess one of the good things about Idolmaster is that there's not even a speck of fan service. Other than the which fact is impressive. Other than the fact that the girls are cute, they're not exploited at all. There's none of that. So it's kind of like Wake Up Girls. And actually, less than Wake Up Girls. Even Wake Up Girls had some panty shots. So... Uh, and we failed Sengoku Musou, uh, that last thing we were talking about, Sainai something, yeah. heroin no Sodate Kata. kata and I think it's like how to... Raise it? a boring girlfriend? Raise a, yeah, raise a boring girlfriend. And what was the first one you did, Chiaki? Kohuku Graffiti, uh, or Gourmet Girl Graffiti. Oh, yeah, that's right. Food porn, the anime. Yes. Okay, this one's fail. So we're going to be back next week, guys, um, with more impressions for you. So I think we got two more weeks of impressions. Um, you can check the website if you want to find out what we're going to be talking about. So, <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to do it for this uh, this week. I had a lot of fun, and I uh, hope everybody finds a job in Japan who's looking. And uh, 
We'll see you next week. Go sports ball.